Blog Talk Radio. Good Wednesday afternoon, everybody, live here in the studios. We come to you from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios in Somerville, South Carolina. I'm Richie Alvin, getting ready to bring in Clemson Tom. And, boy, I hadn't said that in a while, right? And co-hosting with me for a little while here this afternoon is the big man himself all the way down there in the Sunshine State. Not sure if it's open and running, but we'll find out in just a few. Now, that being said, it is a loaded show today, and I'm going to give you the menu as we get ready for a three-hour show. It is jam-packed. Clemson Tom, like I said, is going to hang out with us for about 30 minutes here at the top of the hour all the way to 6.30. Then at 6.30, we head over to Charlotte, North Carolina, where Reginald Walker, former Penn State and current contributor to so many different colleges and sports shows and TV programs across the country, but he focuses right there in Charlotte. Then at 7 o'clock, boy, this is a big one. We're excited to go all the way to the West Coast, to California, to Los Angeles, where we'll get in here with Jalen Smith, he's an athlete, 5'11", 180-pound, class of 2021, all the way from Mission Hills, California, Bishop Alamy High School over there. He will join us. Uh, for you guys who have followed uh, Coach Snoop on Netflix, he's one of those athletes that was on there. We'll get into that conversation throughout the show, but we're really, really excited about this young man who has 19 offers. One of those is the Clemson Tigers, Alabama, Southern California. We'll go through the list a little bit later. Then at 7.30, another familiar name drops by all the way from Greenville, South Carolina, SoCon John, the birthday boy. Yesterday, he turned a year older, so we'll get in here with him at 7.30. Then in the third hour, we head to Ohio, where the Buckeye Grove's own rivals, Kevin Newton, checks in with us from the Big Ten. We'll talk about the Big Ten, what's around the corner for them, and what's maybe going on during this coronavirus. And then at 8.30, we go back to Cali. Yep, we head over to San Diego, California, where we check in with Coach Kurt Hines from Coronado High School. He's going to come in here and talk a little bit about what's happening in San Diego. So it is a jam-packed show, and we got to go ahead and bring in the man himself, Clemson Tom. What's up, big man? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Wonderful, man. It's almost like the old days. Got you back in here. We're talking some sports. Is Mickey Mouse open yet, or is, uh, what's the story in Orlando? Nah, we um, the governor said something about like May 4th today, but you know, I'm still working, going into the office. Um, definitely blessed with that, so I'm not I'm not furloughed or laid off. Uh, same thing with my wife; she's just working from home, and our son Xander is you know pretty much being homeschooled by her, so she's pulling her hair out all day between trying to be the home homeschool teacher and and also putting in you know extra hours for her because she deals in the medical field. So she uh, she's been working seven days a week, so it's, uh, it's a little stressful in the in the club house. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Clemson Tom Elementary is up and running. Uh, what role do you play at this elementary school? Are you the janitor? The, are, are you the principal? I mean, where do you stand in, in, in the in, as far as this institution is concerned? Definitely janitor, um, 100%. <laughs> uh, 
I am also head PE coach. I am also the principal. There have been some spankings. You know? Only having one time. But uh Are we paddling or are we using the hand of the belt? What which type of discipline are we going with here? Oh man, no, he uh definitely blessed with Xander. He self disciplines himself. He really hates doing the wrong thing. And um so he just honestly self disciplines I'll just tell him like, you know, you you hurt mommy's feelings and I'm I'm really disappointed in you. Um oh. I threatened to not take him to Clemson games and he'll start crying and he'll He'll put himself in the corner, and he he tells me, "Don't tell Trevor Lawrence I was bad." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, I won't. I won't tell Trevor Lawrence you're bad." But I I think he uh, I don't I'm just, I've never talked to Trevor Lawrence. I, I think we high five at Tiger Walk about the guy, but I guess he thinks that I know Trevor, and I promise never to tell Trevor. And he he keeps he keeps it on the straight and narrow. That's amazing. You know, that's the way I think probably you and I both are the same way. I mean, when people say they're disappointed in me, it's a lot worse than anything else. Uh, and I, I can relate to Xander. Of course, he had a birthday not long ago, so we'll say belated happy birthday to the big man as well. As a, a year older, I, I know you guys have been doing some PEs, though. I see that uh, one of those sports that you've uh, been practicing is uh, track and golf at the same time. I think that's pretty interesting, kind of a happy Gilmore moment uh, that you guys have been able to have, huh? Yeah, you know, I test his speed and his agility. Um, when we go to the golf course, um, he'll run to his ball, and I'll chase it with golf cart. And it's, uh, it brings back a lot of fond memories of my dad giving me some grief. And um, he got really mad at me last time I did it. And I was like, look, buddy, I'm not, I'm not really going to run you over. I'm just, just And uh, he asked me not wow. to do it again because it's scary. So I was like, all right, we'll do it again. But he's, he's really taken to golf, and I don't know anything about golf. Um, the two guys, two of my employees, play golf every weekend together. They've known each other for years. It's kind of thing. So I'm taking them out with me Sunday at uh, one of the Disney courses, and they're going to help you know Xander understand you know, how to hold a club and everything else. I went and bought Xander some like starter clubs, and uh, that's what we're doing on Sunday. And it's awesome with this. Everybody having to be home, and uh, certain things are cheaper. So I don't know how much golf costs, Rich. I've never – I don't golf. Right. Anytime I've ever golfed, it's for a uh, – like a charity, and it's basically free. Or, you, you know, you pay your 100 bucks for the charity. You know, and I don't know nothing. Golfing at Disney well, is $27 on Sunday. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's, let's do it. Wow. And the guys at work are like, man, that's awesome. Usually it's – 80. I'm like, I don't... Okay, so we're getting a deal, and apparently this is where the pros play. <laughs> so we're, we're taking advantage, and I don't know anything. They could be, they could have told me, hey, man, it's 50 bucks. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. <laughs> get my son out here and get him active. So that is uh, probably a good thing about it, but I just enjoy going out with that man being a dad. Right. I, I think that's exciting. Uh, you know, we're live right now, of course, Southern Sports Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we say welcome to the show. It is a uh, loaded three-hour show. Uh, Clemson Tom here going to co-host with me for 30 minutes, and then we've got other guests lined up throughout the way today. So it's going to be a different conversation with a different person every 30 minutes. 
and uh, it's going to be in a different zip code, in a different state. I mean, it's definitely an ADD-approved show today, so don't get comfortable because it's going to change up pretty quickly here. That being said, uh, Clemson Tom, of course, is all the way down there in Orlando, Florida. Clemson Tom and I, uh, man, we've got so many great memories that we could sit here and re- rehash uh, all the way from going to the national championship game that started the dynasty uh, rolling down at Tampa where, you know, we threw a party, you threw a party, then we went to another party. And we got to hang out with so many great individuals uh, at the second place. And, man, you paid like $55. Talk about expensive rides. You paid like 55 bucks to go a corner, a block. And an Uber ride. I mean, that was probably one of, probably one of the most exciting things uh, that I could tell you that I will never forget how that guy just hosed you from the time we sat down to the time you got like out. And it, the thing it was, it was surging. So it should have been like a $10 ride. But since it was surging, right. it, it was higher because of the demand. And we literally went two blocks. But with the one-way streets <laughs> and us not knowing where the heck we were, he took some extra turns, man. We know this for a fact. He took some extra turns. Because when he dropped us off, I looked. I'm like, well, there was my party, and it was 200 yards away. I'm like, we could have walked this. I'm like, this son of a gun. Hey, it was a heck of a night, though. I mean, what a night it was because we started at the party, of course, with the it days down there, the Tampa region, right? That, that, I guess I'd be fair to say that they joined you, and you had a great time uh, there. Then we go to this Legends, and what was it? It was Legend and um, – I don't remember exactly what it was uh, called. Uh, yeah. Some but, kind of Legends and Hall of Famers or something like that. But Yeah, uh, Yeah, basically, right. Because Dawkins had just gotten to the Hall of Fame, correct? Yep, and – Spiller was there. Then, um, Spiller? So many, some there. Two or three. Yeah, there's some other. Lee Bryce. Lee Bryce. He was there. What a great time and that was. Backstage. Right. But those are the moments. And you know who reached out to me, by the way, uh, Clemson Tom, uh, who reached out to me on Twitter the other day was Tom Clemson, all the way in the in, in the other land. Oh, over there, of course, a giant fan and a yeah. And, uh, and that was another great night that me, you, and, and Perez had, of course. Uh, what an interesting night that was. <laughs> yeah. That was a Thomas Clemson. He wasn't going to get arrested again. Yeah. He was like, you're going to get me deported. Like, you're not going to get deported now. Relax. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, you're like with Clemson, and you're with me. We don't get arrested in Clemson. Like, chill. It doesn't happen. <laughs> we didn't even do anything wrong. So let's so let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's kind of happened in the last two months since I know you and I have had a chance to catch up on the air. We talked a good bit off the air, of course, uh, weekly, if not daily sometimes. But with that being said, the draft just happened. Clemson has another stellar, you know, weekend. And, of course, they've renamed the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas Tigers. Um, kind of give me your thoughts of the highs and the lows and, and what you liked about the draft and what you didn't like about the draft after this year. I like the fact it was it, it felt more pure. Um, you know, usually you see the guys decked out in their custom suits with bling bling on and everything else. And, you know, now you're looking at Joe Burrow in his living room with his 1974 curtains and the, the bed sheet over the lazy boy. And he was like a normal guy. And I'm like, Joe's mom is definitely going to upgrade those curtains after this, uh, this draft. Um, then you see you know, the NFL coaches in their house. Oh, uh, head coach there at uh, Arizona Cardinals. Can't think of his name. He was at Texas Tech. He looks like a right. DQ model. I don't know. He's living in a house that 
And they're like, CT, you watching the draft? I'm like, of course, man. It's sports. It's all I got. And they're making fun of me. I'm like, you laugh at me all you want, man. And then, you know, my boy Tanner gets drafted by the Raiders. That's so, uh, Yeah, one of my good buddies down here is a huge Raiders fan. And so when Tanner got drafted, I was like, look, man, we're, we're going. And uh, I got my buddy a uh, Hunter Renfro jersey. And I was like, I, I got to get uh, the jersey for Tanner. I was like, we're going out there. We're going to Vegas. We're going to a game. I don't care if we're under a lockdown or not. I'll get quarantined for 14 days on the way back. I don't care. It's sports right. goes on, man. I was lucky. What was the one thing you didn't like about the draft, Aaron? That's something that I'm trying to find out myself. Other than my team not drafting a, a receiver, I didn't think it was a bad draft at all. But what would be one negative thing? I don't know. Um, because it is just the draft. After the first two rounds, it's whatever. Um, I didn't right. like the fact that the Bengals took all 10 minutes to draft the guy they knew they were going to draft. Right. That's what I didn't like. I'm like, you know right. you're going to draft him. Draft them already. Right. Don't take all 10 minutes. Like, what are you doing? Right. But, uh, yeah, sorry, y'all. I'm at a lot of So, uh, that's, what, that's what makes it matter. The team's knowing they're going to draft whoever. But, yeah, give me 10 minutes and I'll, you know, get my guy. I'm like, come on, man. Just speed this up. Right. Talk about speeding it up. Do you think they speed up? Do you think there's an NFL season coming to time? Do you think this is something that they're going to do? Um, I mean, again, for Disney World to shut down, that kind of shows you where the world is. They don't shut down for hurricanes, but they're shut down for this. Any any shot you think NFL clicks off at the right time, or you think this is a prolonged deal and we're talking you know, January season? No, I think we'll be. I think we'll be fine. I think it's going to start at the exact time it's supposed to start. Um, if anything, they're probably, I mean, who knows what the future is going to hold, but I'm guessing they're probably going to say, okay, you know, training camp, it's only going to be the players. And, um, you know, we're going to limit media to something or uh, who knows. But, I mean, the cool thing about the training camp is, I mean, what really got me hooked was my dad and I would always make a trip out of it. Um, you know, we would go see the Falcons. We'd go see the Dolphins. Um, gosh, we, we we went to the Bucks. We, you know, we always, like, Let's go here. Let's go. And we went to training camp, and you got to see the players, and and it was just different. You know, you're like, holy crap! You know, it was Eric Dickerson. You know, I remember that when I was a kid. Um, you know, oh my gosh, Dan Marino, and it was just cool. Um, and it was one of the things that kind of led me into into the sports world. But I mean, even with Xander now, you know, it's it was one of the things I could wait to do as a dad. Like, oh man, I can't wait. He's old enough. I get to take him. And now that it is, I'm like, can we even go to a training camp? You know, who knows? But you know, hopefully that right, you know, that can still happen. So. Right. Well, you know, and you think about this, and and I know that of course I cover the high school stuff that you're aware of. I of course dibble in the in the college as well. We do touch on some some pro sports, but you know, we say it here on the show, and we're going to say this multiple times tonight. Without high school Friday night football, twenty 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 one seasons of any sport doesn't happen. So football is the first thing that's got to happen. Now. That's a calendar year. So for them to be able to move it around a lot harder than it would be for colleges to move it around. I mean, you start to kind of look at this thing, and, and for colleges, while they could probably afford to take this thing to, to a January open date or even shrink the non-conference game and then start them later, which is probably what they're going to do anyway, in my thoughts, but they can't afford not to have the fans. It's not as much as high school, but very similar, because think about the parking, think about concessions, and the other oh, yeah, it's 20, it's add 20. up the dollar about it. Yeah, it's twenty twenty five bucks just to park. Um, right. Like even at the Rays game, or not the Rays games, the Bucks games. Um, if I can't get a parking pass, man, we'll 
we'll park at my buddy's house in South Tampa and I'll I'll take the you know, the, the fifteen dollar Uber to drop me off and then, you know, the fifteen you know, so it ends up being thirty bucks instead of fifty NFL games, man. It's it's insane to park down there, man. It is crazy. But I mean, you take that out, you take uh, the concessions. I mean, think about it. I mean, I don't – and you know I, it's, when I'm watching sports, I'm going to have a beer. It, it just right. it, it just goes hand in hand. And I'm not getting, you know, 15 beers deep at a game or anything. But it just it just goes. Like when I go to a baseball game, I'm getting a daggum hot dog, peanuts, and I'm getting a beer. You know, and I'm, I'm eating all the daggum peanuts. It's just what you do. I go to an NFL right. game, you know, I'm going to get – a hot dog and a beer. And the beers are back in $15. And I'm to the point now where I'm like, I'm just, I'm sorry, man. You know, back in <laughs> my younger days, heck yeah, I'm going to get a beer with a souvenir cup. Like now I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> but what I do now is like, because you just, I don't know, it's just something about having a beer and watching the game. So I'll just get that one right. beer and I'll make that beer last till at least half time. And then I'm yeah, good. I don't, need, I don't need another beer. Yeah, and then we go to right. magic games. You know, it's it's a beer and a thing of popcorn. But now I'm like, right. eh, well, now I get the hook up at the magic games. So I'm like, huh. <laughs> I don't have to pay that yeah. price anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, you know the people. You know, sometimes a beer just magically shows up at your at your seat. Um, but yeah, just that's just about sports, man. It's just the little things. You know, going as a kid, it's a Pepsi and a hot dog. You know, it's He's bringing some baseball cards with you to spring training, and you just might see Fred McGriff. Or you just might bump into Deion Sanders, who doesn't sign autographs for kids, and you end up disliking the man simply because when you were seven years old, you asked for an autograph, and he didn't even look at you. He was a little punk and walked away. <laughs> I don't hold grudges, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> Fred McGriff's on my baseball card, though. Fred McGriff's on my baseball card. So the wrong game. But I'm just saying. Let me ask you this, I know you're a big wrestling guy, right? You and I used to talk wrestling on here, by the way. Of course, Clemson Tom and I did this thing for quite some time together on Southern Sports Central. As uh, we're excited to have him in to start the show off. And what better way to start a special show on Wednesday than bringing Clemson Tom to reunite himself with me on a uh, a beautiful uh, spring evening here in, in Somerville. But wrestling is also taking another angle. Now, my youngest son, Mason, is an avid. He is a huge wrestling fan. We sat here uh, Monday night and ordered, uh, well, went and picked up Little Caesars and sat back here and watched it on the TV, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed the time with him. But, man, it is bad. It is real bad. And it's even worse now that there's no fans. And he actually had tickets to go to WrestleMania. Why wouldn't – why would they – keep going with it were they in that much in need because he was falling that far off of the xfl that he had to do something for ratings and money because thinking of all these kids who had tickets like mason got it for his birthday missed out on it missed on the opportunity but this is the one thing wrestling has yet to slow down or even hit their brakes your thoughts on wrestling uh in the situation that we're in now well the thing is their training facility is about five miles away from where i live here in orlando so their big training facility is just right down the road now, all the stuff that they filmed, it wasn't live. It was like stuff happened, you know, days before that, a week before that. So they didn't even have to really do anything. They just put the thing on air. And all they really did was just make, make some guys wrestle, and then that was it. And then they just aired it when they aired it. So it wasn't horrible. And, yeah, it, takes, it was weird watching without fans, though, man, because that's kind of the thing. You know, it, it was just different. 
But um, no, other than that, it's they kind of wanted to do it that way. I, I think they just want to keep something normal. But uh, I did I did watch WrestleMania. It was really bad. <laughs> the only thing that was cool was the uh, the Undertaker's match that they did. But that obviously wasn't live, but it was still cool. Um, right. It was cool to watch that. But other than that, man, it was it was different. It's not – I don't really watch it so much. I, I mostly watch all the uh, the older stuff. Like Stone Cold's got a, uh, got a show on that he interviews the other wrestlers. And they talk about, like, the real stuff behind the scenes stuff. So I was like, man, did this really happen? Like, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, they really they really beefed. Um, they were talking about how, like, you know, Goldberg was, like, horrible at wrestling. He was, like, injuring people really bad. And Goldberg came on, and he was talking, like, yeah, I didn't really mean to. He's like, I didn't really know anything. I was just different. And they didn't know what to do with me. So they just pushed him through. And then, you know, now Bill Goldberg, you know, he's, he's up there with Hulk Hogan. He will go down as the most – probably the worst wrestler of all time because he couldn't do anything. He was not very good, but they just forced it on everybody. And he was legit known for like just hurting people out there because he would, he wasn't wrestling. He was legit out there fighting kids. Or not kids, but just grown men. Live right now with Clemson Tom, who joins us for another two minutes. We're going to get him in, get him out. Appreciate you hanging out with me, buddy, as always. Uh, getting a chance for us to kind of catch up and talk a little bit. Uh, what's the one thing that you're looking for the most as we come back to the new normal? And it will not be the old normal, the new normal. What's the first thing that you're going to do when things start to kind of get moving again? No, I man, there's a few things. But there's one thing that sticks out in my mind. There's a Mexican restaurant off the road from us that we go to. They do a, a wonderful table tag walk. But you uh, you can't go on your bills. You got to have $5 cash on you, which is fine. I just don't carry cash anymore. So I just don't get it. And then they have a mariachi band that plays on Fridays, and they'll come to your table and play for tips. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, man, I got like two bucks, man, here. You know, look at Let's hear it, man. See you later. Appreciate you. But this time when we go, man, I'm getting my own tableside walk. And I'm going to get one for Caitlin and my son. And then I'm going to give like 20 bucks to this mariachi band. I'm like, you're going to sit here and play all your, all your music for me, and you're not going to leave. And I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to debate, do I want a frozen, you know, mango margarita or do I want a traditional? I don't know what I'm going to choose, but I'm going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to Charleston and, and hang out. Yeah. and just I might hug somebody. I might just hug a stranger because I can. I don't know. It's just going to be different. You know, it's, just, it's going to be grand. It's going to be uh, – and maybe they still won't let me hug. I don't know, man. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm definitely going to go to that Mexican restaurant, and I'm going to go splurging on some table-side walk and having that mariachi band play all night for me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down to Edisto Beach, and I'm going to find the godfather of Edisto, Cubby, and I'm going to do that ice bucket <laughs> yeah. challenge. You better. <laughs> I figured he's been challenging me that ice bucket challenge for, for like six years. So we might as well get it out of the way. Cause we never know. Tomorrow you might not be around. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Man, lifting, I appreciate everything you can do. Huh? Oh, they're lifting everything here like May 4th right. for us. So I wish they lift all these allergies, man. Sorry if I'm sniffling, but the daggum oak over here is killing me. Oh, wow. Uh, hey, I can only imagine, man. Hey, dude, I know you're up against it. You're home now, and I want to make sure we don't cut into family time. As always, everything you've done for us, everything you keep pushing for us, man, I look forward to catching back up with you. And who knows what the future brings, but as always, you're um, always welcome to come back in your seat, man. It's still sitting here waiting on you. Yeah, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, we, you got you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Clemson Tom joining us, and we always 
keep the door open for him, and uh, he has uh, been a huge contributor to Southern Sports Central. Just kind of catching up a little bit today with him. Of course, he was the big YouTube sensational guy for the Clemson Tigers. Uh, he made a few uh, funny videos, and next thing you know, it became the regular. And then he jumped in here with us on Southern Sports Central, and we rolled and had a, had a great run at it. We're very fortunate. We've had a lot of guys and girls that have joined us here in our tenure of being on the air since 2012 here in Charleston. And uh, we've moved the show to Myrtle Beach. We've done some shows remotely. Like I said, we were down there at the national championship when Clemson won that first championship that has become that dynasty run that they're on currently right now down there in Tampa. And uh, it has been everything I thought it would be, and it keeps getting bigger and better because, you know, I, I am very appreciative of those around us, those who continue to to support us and, and do believe in our vision. You know, today I had a chance to catch up with uh, Shane Fiddler, who's the new head football coach over at Ashley Ridge High School. And he and I kind of talked it up a little bit. And, um, you know, he's uh, now a father. And uh, congratulations to him and his wife for, uh, you know, now getting to the fatherhood, man. It's an amazing thing. It's a lot of work, but it's the most rewarding thing you get when they look at you and just give you that smile. You know, everything's going to be all right. So uh, talk to him. Talk to one of the principals over at Ashley Ridge. And they have endorsed us. Uh, and uh, they're looking forward to bringing some of their students on here. The principal, uh, Ms. Radcliffe, is going to join us on uh, Sunday. That's going to be cool, getting the principal on, in here. So that'll be a lot of fun to, to check in with her and the smallpox to see what's going on over there at Ashy Ridge. We do have to go to break because when we come back, it's time to check back in online with Reginald Walker. He's coming all the way from Charlotte. He does multiple things for multiple people around the Charlotte area here at Southern Sports Central. He is quite the contributor, and we are grateful to have him on board with us, guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back We'll get that and a lot more as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on southernsportscentral.com. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes the move romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime Summertime. 
on the court yet. Hustle to the mall to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball courts in the summer got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friends as y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kissed. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill could spark off nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six o'clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. It's time to cruise, so you go to the summertime, hang out, it looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine, fresh from the barbershop, applying the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing, chilling in the car, they spent all day waxing, leaning to the side, but you can't speed through two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelman here live on Southern Sports Central, Wednesday special edition here. Why is that? We've got a lot of things to get into here tonight. We've got a great list of guests that are already set to uh, kind of roll through as the three-hour show is up and running. We're about a uh, half an hour into it now with uh, Coach uh, always missing, Coach Eugene Benton here, who, of course, uh, he's out today. But our thoughts and prayers uh, with Coach Nate. Coach Nate, of course, is dealing with uh, cancer and uh uh, he has been on the show as a guest, but he's been uh, part of our family since the day that we, we met, as he is one of the coaches over at Oceanside uh, Core Legion Academy. On behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, we send our thoughts and prayers to the entire uh, family, but also to the community and to the school at Oceanside. Um, we're very, very blessed to have had him in here as a, as a guest, and uh, we, we call him family uh, on the real. And I would ask that anybody within the listening uh, tonight, before you uh, call it a night, say a nice prayer for Coach Nate and his family and the friends and the staff and the players and anybody who's come in contact with him. As, uh, you know, he's in a really tough time, and there's a lot of individuals who are struggling because they're not allowed to get out and about. These guys that are dealing with life-threatening issues, uh, they're not able to kind of move, like, like even how we can, you know. I mean, they, they're nowhere near. And uh, I know that there's a lot going on, and I just ask that you join us in the prayers there as uh, we're, of course, um, Heavy hearts, heavy hearts. As we now are going to head back to the uh, Tent Farm hotlines, and we're going to sponsor this one by the Tent Farm, located at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston. The number to call them is 843-297-4131. You can find the Tent Farm at tentfarm.com, and that's all your needs for the shade here in the hot summer months coming up. So without further ado, I bring back in Reginald Walker. Of course, uh, Reginald played for Joe Pye over there at Penn State. He's currently active with a couple of different colleges around Charlotte. He actively uh, supports a lot of different areas, and he's on radios. He's on TVs. He's everywhere now. He's part of our family here at Southern Sports Central. Reginald, what's up, buddy? How you guys doing tonight? Uh Oh, we lost you just for a minute there. We got to how we doing. Go ahead there, Reginald. Uh, 
How you doing this evening, everybody? Yeah, we're good, man. We're just you and me, uh, Eugene. We gave him the night off. He's got some things we're letting him take care of. So I figured I would load up the guest list and started with Clemson Tom, a big YouTube sensational guy and uh, a former, of course, co-host here on Southern Sports Central. Now you're on, and uh, Jalen Smith is joining us after you at 7 o'clock. That's the young man all the way from Los Angeles, California, who's got 19 offers, and one of those are the Clemson Tigers, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Auburn Tigers, Southern Cal, Texas, just to name a few. I mean, this kid is, 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 is the real deal, Reginald, but he's also um, on Snoop Dogg's. Uh, show uh, as well as uh, Coach Snoop over there on Netflix. He was one of the uh, one of the first young men on that. Have you had a chance to watch that yet? I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and fully dive in. I tell you, it's an interesting thing, and, and we're going to kind of get into this, you and I, a little bit, and we'll talk a lot of other things for the next 30 minutes or 23 minutes here on the uh, the rest of this segment. But, you know, Coach Snoop, of course, Snoop Dogg has uh, – man, we've seen him in many different lights at our age. Uh, of course, he was the guy we grew up listening to on the radio, and then he's kind of gotten into some other awesome things as well later in his life. But this part of Coach Snoop, I mean, I love it. He goes around to nine, I think, different areas around Los Angeles and that community, picks up these kids and brings them to a field and teaches them the game of football. And one of those kids, of course, is uh, Jalen Smith, uh, where he works with them. I don't, you know, I don't know at what levels and all. I'm sure all the kids come at a different level. But to me, those are the stories that we need to be pumping up in social media. Those are the stories that you and me need to be covering on the TV and on the radio, right? Absolutely. Uh, anytime I think you can uh, find people that have, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, the power of influence, right, on these young kids, the ability to – open their eyes to something and create uh, a mindset of a, a particular discipline and work ethic um, to give them a goal to chase that is a positive one. I think those are things that we, we should champion consistently because at the end of the day, uh, it only takes one split second to turn into a direction that is very, very difficult to return from. And so the key I think for us is anytime we can create environments to where uh, the positive decision-making is championed and, and, and people are creating decision-making, I think we need to find a way to, to uplift those athletes, uplift those people in the community, because the other piece of it is most of the time they're doing it for free. They're not making money off of it. Right. Now, of course, uh, Coach Snoop, uh, he, he's got the funds to do this, but what a great heart he's got to even do this, to put this together. Because for you that know, of course, the story of Snoop Dogg, I mean, you know, he, he came through it a little tougher, a little rougher. He even says that in the entrance uh, to this documentary or this, this uh, Netflix series about why he decided to do this and how he led himself, you know, into different directions. But he realized a little bit later, right, that uh, if he came in here, that, that he would be able to help a bunch of guys out, do some great things, keep them out of the, the ears and the eyes of, of what may be the lands of trouble, and you're seeing that. I'm halfway through season one. Uh, once I was able to connect the dots and, and had some help to do that, we're going to give some love to that individual, too, that kind of put Jalen Smith together with me. But, you know, what a great story this young man's got coming in. I talked to his father last night, and uh, that's the other part of what you and I get to do. We, we do talk to the athletes, right, Reginald? But isn't it the story with the moms and the dads and the family members that we kind of get to know? Because, of course, you – um, are the voice of the Charlotte 49ers, and you are working over there with Gardner Webb as well. And, and that being said, 
you get the chance to talk to a lot of players, but you talk to a lot of families, right? Oh, the the parents are the ones that, that you know, they come to they, – they, they are there to support their kids, obviously. But the type of questions that, that they ask about the next steps for their kid, the type of questions they ask about uh, someone else's story, whether it's my story, the play-by-play guy's story, uh, other players, the, the kinds of questions those parents ask are everything about finding a way to help their child uh, maximize themselves, their goals, uh, reach their goals, and, and achieve certain things. So uh, it's a pleasure for me to be able to give parents uh, what little bit of wisdom I have, uh, what little bit of experience I have that they can pass along uh, to their kid. And, and, and the one thing I always remind uh, parents is, is, is this. Uh, when your kid's a college athlete, you're a college athlete too. You may not be there every day, but as a supporter of your child, you are a part of that process in every step of the way. And a thing that they learn to understand over time and why they are so supportive, A, of their kids, but B, so so much into seeking additional knowledge and information so they can continue to pass on any bit of knowledge and information they can to their, to their child. Live right now with uh, the one and only Reginald Walker played his days for Joe Pa, of course, over there with the Nittany Lions, and then decided to dibble-dabble in the media world where he's done it with ESPN. He's done it with a couple of other affiliates as well around not just the Charleston, excuse me, the Charlotte area, but around the country. And currently he's active over there with the Charlotte 49ers and the Gardner-Webb Bulldogs. As he's uh, the voice of many that you get to hear over there covering both of those individual programs and does a great job. Now, I'm not sure whether you knew or not, and I actually uh, highlighted this earlier with the conversation that I was on the phone. Of course, uh, Kishon Nixon, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is Snoop Dogg's nephew, who is a big-time player for the Gamecocks, who's now a, a Raider, a Las Vegas Raider. got to remember that. They've changed cities now. But uh, it's hard to believe that he comes all the way from the West Coast and comes over here to the East Coast and plays for the Gamecocks, for that matter, and then, of course, had a good career there with the Gamecocks. But for me, you know, Snoop Dogg's always been that guy that has been a Southern Cal kind of guy. You always see him with the jerseys on and things like that. So, you know, to see you a family member, it's, just, it's USC. It's just another USC. Uh, how surprised are you to see that? And, and how much influences do you think that he's going to continue to have in this community that you see all this positive stuff coming out of? I, I think he'll continue to have it. And the reason why is one thing I've learned about Snoop, um, and, and, I, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I've met the guy and had like 8,000 conversations with him. But if you pay attention to the things that he's doing, he's a big family guy. Yeah, a lot of times for him, because he's Snoop Dogg, because of the, uh, the cachet that he carries automatically when he walks in a room, it benefits him. But if you think about it, and I'm not a huge professional wrestling fan, but his cousin, I believe, Sasha Banks, is in the WWE, a female wrestler. He showed up when she was in WrestleMania. Uh, again, that's another added piece. That's his relative. That's his cousin. So when it comes to his family, which obviously he extends to his community and the communities that he grew up in and uh, remains around, it is a big deal for him to help those people uh, get where they want to go, achieve goals, give them uh, avenues, right, to, to better their lives. And you think about it and you watch him with his own kids moving to Vegas just so his son could play for Bishop Gorman uh, high school football there, which was a great, which is and was and is a great football program at the high school level to give him a better opportunity to be able to pick his school when it came time to go to college because of the program and the development he would have at Bishop Gorman. That tells you the type of person that Snoop Dogg is. Snoop is 
and his legal name is Calvin Broadus. Uh, he's one of those guys that does everything he possibly can to try to give people around him and people that he knows an opportunity to do positive. He's been through so many things in his life. He's seen so many things. There was a time to where if you go back and watch some of the documentaries, it looked like it was over for Snoop. Um, and, and he came through that situation and, and he's devoted himself since then really to finding a way to help others uh, achieve their goals and get to some positive places. And, and as far as I'm concerned, you have to do nothing uh, but appreciate that, applaud that, and, and continue to uh, hope that he carries that torch even more and further. They tell us all the time, right? Uh, you know, a lot of people will tell you, oh, man, you're doing a great thing, and, and, and what can I do to help? And the response is always, you do it for the next person. Snoop is the epitome of doing it for the next person. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you always see that family feeling with him. Even way back when, I remember growing up, and it was always something. He's taking that serious. Uh, even those who he, he kind of embraces, he brings you in as a family member, even an honorary family member. To me, it's, it's, it's very heartfelt with him. It's not a show. It's not something that you just kind of put together. He's very honest with them. He's very down the line with them. And I can have a lot of respect for anybody that does that, uses their opportunity, their platform, if you will, to help others. And I think you continue to see that. Now, talking about helping others, how about Georgia Southern? Let me get your thoughts and opinions. You know, now with COVID going on, and, and, and there's some breaking news, of course, uh, I think it was yesterday that came out of Georgia Southern with some tuition conversation. Um, uh, what's your thoughts on that? And, and I'll kind of sit back and let you uh, tell us what you think. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot going on with this because Georgia, the state itself, um, basically opened it back up. And they are, uh, I think, when you look at, you know, kind of what's going on down there, um, and, and all the things kind of going on, um, you can almost expect that there are going to be uh, some some changes and some different things. Um, and, and so, you know, there's so many things going on down there. Uh, obviously, um, looking, they're looking to, you know, they're going to cover the cost for their seniors to, you know, to return. And I, I think that's awesome. I think they're uh, about really creating an opportunity uh, for their students to, to really have, those lasting memories of their last time through their sports season uh, and last time through their last semester on campus. And, and I think, you know, anytime you can do that, uh, it's going to prove positive for you down the line. Listen, we can call it what it is. Is it a great gesture? Absolutely. But is it also effective in terms of recruiting and positive publicity? Absolutely. And, and when you look at things like that, um, you can take it two ways. Uh, you can be, uh, what I would call uh, somebody that's uh, less on a half-full concept and take it that way, or you can be the glass-half-full person and say, you know what, this is an opportunity uh, for some young people to get some different opportunities to really be happy uh, as they move forward in their lives and, and maintain some great memories. And so when you look at it from that standpoint, I think it's a positive that Georgia Southern's doing this. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. And I wonder how many universities – try to follow behind this. I mean, it's a great idea. It's got to financially, you know, be possible. I mean, I think that's one thing. And right now, believe it or not, there are universities and colleges that are closed down, Reginald, that, that may never open their doors back up again. I mean, because financially this has hit them in a way that we're not talking about because there's so many other things to talk about. How much do you think, uh, you know, when this thing's all said and done, do you think there are some universities and some colleges? Because I already think that there's going to be some sports programs that are going to be eliminated, unfortunately, because of the cost of this situation that they just lost. But how many 
across the country do you see losing, uh, you know, the power, cutting the door, you know, shutting the doors and locking it up forever? Not sure about colleges altogether. There, I'm sure there will be a few, particularly um, that that are not always in the national news. But I'm sure uh, potentially, particularly some for-profit colleges um, really may be in some trouble behind this because obviously, again, that money is not coming in. On the flip side, um, I, I do think uh, to your point, there will be some athletic programs that take a major hit uh, because of this pandemic, not bringing in that revenue. Um, I think if football gets pushed back or delayed or the season gets uh, in some ways truncated, um, I think it could really bode uh, negatively for some smaller schools or smaller budget. Because if you think about it, uh, particularly from a football standpoint, let's I'll use Gardner-Webb, uh, who I work for as an example. Uh, last season they played at East Carolina and at Charlotte, uh, two FBS programs um, and Gardner-Webb being an FCS program they got nice paydays for that. And, and those paydays were, were generally able to fund the entire athletic budget uh, for the entire academic year of 2019, 2020. Well, if all of a sudden uh, the opportunity uh, for, for Gardner Webb in 2020 to go play a football game down at Georgia tech does not happen. Uh, that could financially strain this program and this athletic department as a whole. And while football may not be overly impacted uh, per se, uh, some of the other programs could be largely impacted in terms of scholarship money and or uh, funding for some travel things, meals, those types of things. Those can all be affected uh, by by a shortfall, if you will, in, in some of the budgeted money, uh, some of the money that is assumed to be on its way. So, And, and on the flip side, you can't sit there and say, if you're guarding the web, hey, Georgia Tech, why don't you pay us anyway, uh, even though we didn't play, i.e. a buyout, as we've seen in certain situations in the past, because Georgia Tech's response is, you're right, but we didn't buy you out to play someone else we, because nobody was playing, so we don't have that money uh, to get back later either. Um, and so a school like Gardner-Webb, using them as the example playing Georgia Tech, scheduled to play Georgia Tech this fall, uh, would be greatly impacted. Uh, you look at it from a larger standpoint. Uh, throughout the Carolinas, you, you, you talk about schools like Wofford, schools like Charleston Southern, uh, schools like Furman, uh, schools like South Carolina State, all those types of schools, those FCS schools, Division II schools uh, that are fielding football teams um, could really be impacted, Presbyterian College as well, if they're not able to play all the games that they need to play. That's a pretty good segue. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, and we'll wrap this this, uh, this segment up with you, buddy. But what a great way to think about it because they're talking about doing away with non-conference games. Well, the paycheck that these smaller schools get to go to these greater, larger schools is the big paycheck. I mean, this is something that funds the field houses that you see the upgrades in. Charleston Southern's made a killing out of this. They really have. They've gone to Florida. They've gone to other mega SEC schools, and they've done some things. The Citadel, they've made road trips, and they've done things. We've all seen that as well. So when these programs may or may not get a chance to get that bailout, because that's really, honestly, lack of better words, it's a bailout for these guys to go play at these universities. That's going to be a big deal, Reginald. That's a great point, something we can continue debating here uh, on the show. Now, how about this? Kansas State football men's and uh, the men's football and basketball coaches have decided they will uh, take a reduction. Uh, They will take a pay cut. That being said, uh, is this something that we could see? It looks like it's kind of trending over in the Big 12, but can they end up seeing this in other programs? Do you think the SEC says, hey, that's a good idea, let's jump on board? 
I think so, and I think the main reason why is because, uh, and I'll and I'm going to play with a little bit of numbers, but let's think about it. If 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 the football coach at Kansas, let's use let's just say Les Miles was making five million dollars a year. Now I'm not one to count anybody's money, but if he walks away from ten percent, which would be five hundred thousand dollars. That could greatly impact the entire athletic department. That could be the entire men's and women's lacrosse and men's and women's softball budget for the entire spring. That that type of money can go a long way in maintaining. And, and see, I think people look at this a different way. It's right. not only about the athletes being able to compete. It's about those athletes being able to stay on campus and continue their education. Because at the end of the day, when we look at this and we talk about scholarships, softball gets, or let me me rephrase that, baseball at the Division I level, uh, if the number hasn't changed in the last couple of years, they get 11.7 scholarships. So they've got to do a lot of math. One kid's getting books, one kid's getting tuition, one kid's getting room and board. I mean, they're playing a lot of games with this money. If all of a sudden the football coach isn't willing to take maybe a five hundred thousand dollar or of a, 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 yeah five hundred thousand dollar pay cut that season, all of a sudden all those baseball players either got to maybe come up with some money out of their parents' pocket, or they're going home for a semester. And financially, that's just not fair to those kids who have done nothing wrong. Um, and so I, I applaud, and I'm not suggesting that these coaches have to do it. Because at the end of the day, that's their money. They signed a contract that they were guaranteed, so they're allowed to say no. But if they say yes, I think we need to do a better job of applauding them and giving them credit for saying, yes, I will take the cut for the betterment of some other people. I love it. I think that's something that they need to start looking at because we all know that they, financially these coaches are well taken care of. And for them to show, I would say, um, a, a very open-hearted and a very um, – I'm looking for the word, Reginald, here. But for them to do something like this is setting a standard for their athletes. Compassion, right. And, and I love every bit of it. I think this is something that – and, again, it starts now with the Big 12. But you know, like I know, the SEC is not going to sit there and let anybody outdo them. And, of course, everybody else should follow. How quick do you think this starts to start the snowball? I think the time frame to watch is is probably around mid mid to the end of May, uh, because that's when semesters end. That's when the school year kind of ends, and then a lot of folks can sit back and reassess, um, you know, kind of what's going on. I'm not sure if he's taking a pay cut, but I know uh, you look at a prime example: uh, Navy head football coach Ken Niamatololo, uh, who is of Hawaiian descent. Um, he's actually in Hawaii. He's been in Hawaii since March. He went out there to to have some family time. He owns a house out there. His family is there, and he's essentially stuck there. Um, He hasn't gone back to the Naval Academy. Uh, He's just home, and he's doing everything he can from there. Uh, But it's fortunate for him. He's got a whole other house, uh, you know, a a couple of flights away from the Naval Academy that he can go hang out. Now, I don't know if his car is parked at the airport. That could get expensive. But either way you look at it, uh, it's fortunate for him that he can do that. So – uh, on the flip side of that, if he is able to, you know, take a little bit of a cut, and I'm not trying to single him out negatively uh, in any way or positively, just using him as an example, if he's able to take that cut, 
at at a school that is that you know is not in one of the big power conferences receiving money. Now it's a United States uh, Naval Academy, so they've got some government funding, so it looks a little bit different. Uh, but if he's able to do that um, and willing to do that, I think that's a feather in his cap. And I think uh, you know, listen, all these coaches are always looking for right a recruiting edge. That kind of compassion right. is another recruiting edge for these coaches if they want to use it that way. Man, I tell you what, what a great segue to get us to our next uh, our next guest coming up in hour number two, and it's all about recruiting, and we're going to do that next. Reginald, first of all, man, every uh, Tuesday, you're going to join us at 6.30. We'll have you for 30 minutes. It's definitely going to be a great moment for us, but uh, for all that you do, again, thank you so much for making time. Two nights in a row, man, I tell you, it's been a blast, and uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this next interview, man, because this young man has uh, definitely – Got all eyes on him across the country. We're bringing him in all the way from California. So uh, thanks for what you do. We'll catch you up off the air here shortly. Absolutely. You guys take care. Be well. Be safe. Uh, i leave you with two things. I'll see you next week, and, or I'll talk to you next week, I should say. And uh, we are. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He was a former player for Joe Pa over at Penn State. That's where that comes from. Of course, he does multiple things around the uh, Charleston, Charlotte, and a lot of other areas. And without – of course, uh, Reginald Walker, uh, uh, you know, he just makes us better. That's what it's all about. Now, we're going to head to break. When we come back, we're heading out to Cali from coast to coast. We're going to check in with uh, one of the hottest athletes in the country. This young man has got right at 20 major, I say a major Division I uh, opportunities ahead of him and so many more to come because he's graduating in 2021. So he's got a whole other year to rack them up and load them up and figure out where is he going to go and spend the next chapter of his life. And that, of course, is going to be Mr. Jalen Smith coming out of break. He's coming all the way from Mission Hills, California, Bishop Alamy uh, High School. We're excited to get him in here next. So don't go anywhere. Hang tight. Refill up the sodas. Get the popcorn because the show will continue right out of break, guys. We'll be right back. I can't begin to know him, but then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring, and spring became the summer, who'd have believed you'd come along? Touching hands, reaching out, touching me, touching you. When I heard 
Burden runs off my shoulders How can I hurt when holding you? Warm Touching warm Reaching out Touching me Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalvin. This is Southern Sports Central Special Wednesday Edition, and we're going to make it extremely special here in just a minute because we're coming at you coast to coast, all the way from South Carolina to California. We're going to get to that guest there in just a minute. Do want to give a, uh, a thank you very much to Clemson Tom, who joined us to open the show. Reginald Walker wrapped up the show there. So two great five-star guests to uh, get us through hour number one here as we're coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. Now, this segment brought to you by our fellas and the ladies over there at the factory. Of course, they are up and moving, by the way. They are stretching it out, working it out. You can do the same. You just got to give them a shout and set up a meeting, set up that one-on-one appointment. You can do it by calling 843-573-7391. This segment brought to you by our friends over there at the factory, sports and fitness training studios. And without further ado, let's head for the recruiting trail. Oh, this is my favorite part of the show and always when we bring in these athletes and again uh want to welcome in here mr Jalen smith he's an athlete he's 5'11, 180 pounds i think he's a little bigger than that now by the way after looking at some film today on him he's a class of 2021 from mission hill california what's up Jalen? how you doing buddy what's, what's good how's it going right uh richie it's going good, man. Going good. I know Dad's there with you, Keith. Of course, uh, you know he and I had a chance to talk last night. That's a lot of fun, and uh, getting a chance to know Dad is, is is almost as much fun as getting to know you guys because it's the path of where you've been to now where you are and where you're going. That being said, man, yes, uh, let's talk some uh, let's talk some fun stuff, uh, and it's going to be a fun fifteen twenty minutes here. I need to go by quick, but before we talk football yeah. uh, and, and all these twenty offers that you've gotten all the way from Clemson. South Carolina to University of Southern California. Um, when, when you look at it, 
you got Coach Snoop, who, of course, that's Snoop Dogg to me, okay? I like Coach Snoop, and I enjoy watching this uh, Netflix series, man. How cool has it been for you to be a part of uh, the first ever uh, Snoop Dogg Netflix uh, season one? Oh, man, I'm blessed with the opportunity that he given me. he's given me, you know, most most people, you know, dream of an opportunity I had, you know, growing up. So, you know, going going across the country, seeing everything, you know, uh, at a young age was just a blessing for me, and I was thankful for the opportunity you gave me. Guys, like I said, I'm halfway through season one right now. Tell us a, a memory that you think back now with that season, and, and what's one thing that comes to mind that you're you're always going to remember? Maybe it was a trip you guys took or, or, or what have you. Oh, man, the bus rides, you know, uh, um, the bus rides to San Jose, all the, you know, the, the fun traveling moments, you know, the tough times as well, you know, because that's what made us stronger during the season. So, you know, everything about it, you know, everything is just, you know, it was a blessing. So it was good. It was good. You know, everything. Um, the plane rides, was, I'd say, was the funnest for me, you know, because we got to bond more and got, got stronger. And some of the people on our team really didn't get to, um, you know, have a food on a plane yet. So, and I was one of those guys. So, you know, it was nerve-wracking for my first time. But, you know, got to experience with my brothers because, you know, that's all I know. So that was just a blessing, and I thank you for opportunity. We're live right now with Jalen Smith, 45, 1180-pound athlete all the way from Mission Hills, California. He is definitely has the attention of the entire country when it comes to recruiting from rivals to 24-7 sports. He's one of the top guys that gets to do what he does day in and day out. Of course, uh, you, you, we want to kind of wrap this part of it up with Snoop and Coach Snoop. Uh, give me a moment with you and him, maybe something that happened that was that was quite interesting, something that you would remember from him, and uh, maybe some words of advice that he seems to have given you. Um, I remember this game. It was a game when um, I wasn't having too, too too good of a game, you know, like how I usually do. So, you know, I was kind of in the slump, and I, he, he pulled me aside, and he told me on the sideline, you know, J-Rock, um, sometimes it's not always going to go your way, so um, stay ready so you ain't never got to get ready. And, you know, I always use that tool, you know, to always kind of stay ready, you know, Stay ahead of the gun and always keep keep my head up. So that was probably one of the most memorable moments I had me and him. Of course, all the interviews and all that good stuff because he knows everything he tells me. You know, is always something I always keep in the back of my head because you know he's never gonna tell me anything wrong and he's always gonna upbring me and kind of lift me up in my spirit. So you know, he's always been that type of guy and um, everything we talk about is just you know nothing but good vibes. Guys, if you haven't started watching it, you haven't watched it yet, get involved. Get over there with Coach Snoop on Netflix. It's a great, great job. He goes around to, I think, seven different area communities and grabs uh, some great athletes and puts them to work and then builds a bond, builds a, a family, if you will. And uh, that's that's piece of what sports is all about. Now let's get into you and your future here is now we start to talk a little bit more about all these offers that keep coming through, and, and we start to kind of look at them. I mean, I'm looking here, and, of course, I see Clemson on the map there. They're at the top over there. Texas is sitting over there. Southern Cal's in your backyard. Uh, Arizona, I mean, just to name a few. But what's it like, man, getting all this attention, hitting all these highlights, man? You're very humble, and, and it comes honestly because I talked to your dad yesterday, and I was impressed with our conversation. But uh, what's it like, man, all these coaches that are Zooming you, they're talking to you, you know, how are they staying in touch with you during this weird time of recruiting? Um, you know, just just knowing that I got the coach's attention is a blessing. You know, I dreamed about this when I was younger. So, um, definitely, you know, a dream came true for me. So, you know, just staying working, keeping my head humble. But, 
you know, can't can't go get too complacent. Um, you know, these schools are looking at me for a reason, so you know, I got to keep it up and you know, keep my keep my grind up. But um, it's a blessing, and I'm thankful for the opportunity the coaches have gave me um, to play for their school. And um, it's just you know, it's been weird, you know, this during this time because you know I haven't been able to visit schools, but um, it's still going good. You know, all the coaches, you know, t- hit me up. We talk on the regular. Um, you know, so the the bond is very strong. So I say during this tough time, you know, we're, we're we're, we're, we're able to maneuver during this tough time. So just talk to all the coaches. You know, it's just a blessing knowing that I'm doing something right and positive for my family and uh, also for everyone that's looking up to me. Live right now with Jalen Smith. He's a top athlete around the country, but he's balling out in California. Well, we kind of expected California. These guys put out talent, man. What's it like? You guys are playing around. I looked up your quarterback, and he's – He's quite the entertainer, throwing the ball around. Uh, you seem to be, like you're loaded with talent all around you, man. What's it like? What's an average day at school over there as you guys walk the halls? And, and what's it like on the football field? Oh, man, um, knowing that, um, you know, we got some guys I can trust. You know, my quarterback, of course, you know, a couple of our guys, our receivers, DBs, you know, anything, you name it. Um, it's just good. You know, we got some people in the same room that want to um, do the same thing as you in life. So, that's good. That's also great. But um, on the field, off the field, you know, it's nothing but good vibes. We don't even talk about football because, you know, sometimes football is not always, you know, the main priority in our life. When, when football is not there, you know, what are we going to do? So, you know, we talk about other things, where we're going to major in in school, where we're going to go to college, like, you know, just different things. And, um, yeah, we got the fans, we got the friends. Everybody loves us. So, you know, it's just a good, it's just good vibes at school and off the field. But on the field, it's just, I'd say, competition, mostly competition. No doubt. Now, you mentioned uh, major. I like that conversation. That's education. And Nick Saban at Alabama says this best. He says, we come to school to learn, and we just play football while we're here. Now, when you pick that school, and that day will come, and we may get a date out of you when you're looking to kind of shrink things and all that. But before we talk a little bit about those days, what is in school? What do you, what is, at this point in your life, are you wanting to look into maybe getting into majoring and be when you get out of college? What's kind of your vision? Um. To be honest with you, I have a couple. I got a couple things I want to major in. You know, just some options for me, just because um, just to get out of my comfort zone. You know, when I go visit these other places, you know, possibly go to another school like out of the country. You know, I want to experience different things. And um, the three things I want to major in is uh, zoology, social justice, and sports medicine. Those are the three things that you know I'm looking forward to, you know, learning more about because you know I don't know anything about it. So those three things. But I uh, I, I want to work behind the desk. You know, if I don't really. If football doesn't really work out for me, I want to work behind the desk and make a lot of money. So, you know, just those three things kind of stood out to me about, um, you know, what I want to major in and all those good things. Path of having a, a, a very comfortable life. And, uh, hey, why not get up there? And, and I think it's a lot of fun. What have you enjoyed the most out of this recruiting? Again, I started looking at your list, and I'm not surprised after watching your film. And, and 24-7's done some great jobs. I watched a, a, a an interview with you and the gentleman from Southern Cal that they had looked like they had either, uh, you know, maybe YouTube or, or Facebook or something like that it was a, a video that uh, I thought you handled yourself extremely well, which had kudos to the people around you and dad there with you, getting you ready for, the, for, for these conversations. But what's been the most exciting thing so far early in your recruiting process? Have you made any trips anywhere? Have you seen anybody? Um, I've made a couple trips, you know. I've been to uh, USC, UCLA, Cal, you know, kind of my backyard schools first. And then um, I visited Virginia Tech. Um, I've been to a couple of schools down there, um, Michigan State, Ohio State. Um, you know, just, you know, those 
the thing that most excited me about, you know, recruiting is, you know, building those great bonds with the coaches, you know, because those are legendary coaches that know what it takes, you know, kind of get to the NFL, kind of, you know, make the dream come true and make somebody better on and off the field. And that's, you know, that's also huge for me, you know, because football, I got ass, I always ask my guy ass in. So, you know, just building building the bond with those coaches and, you know, getting everything right with those coaches and being, being just being – um more on it because those coaches are really on it and, you know, they help me out a lot when they talk to me and, you know, give me motivation during the tough times. So, you know, I'd say just building the bonds with those coaches, you know, get there. All right, right now, Jalen Smith, he's an athlete, 5'11", 180 pounds, class of 2021 from Mission Hills, California, Bishop Ellery High School, and he's got right at 20 major Division One offers. I know you're very close to – the conversation that could be said all American. Uh, I don't think you're going to struggle getting that off, getting that offer from them and, and to get into that. What goals do you have in the year of 2021 here coming up, or 2020, excuse me, uh, as the season's getting a little bit closer? Uh, what, what kind of goals, Jalen, are you looking at? I want to take my team to a champion, to a national championship. I want us to win the state. Um, just run it out here, kind of. Uh, I want to I want to get a ring, uh, help my team out, but. Um, Oh, I definitely get the UA game, you know, you know those kind of games, you know, just to kind of, you know, solidify my uh, high school career. But um, my goal is just to kind of make my team better, get myself better, and uh, prepare for college because you know that's the next step. Now we talk about the next step. You're getting ready for college. Uh, it says athlete. I've seen you play a couple of different positions. Is there a certain position that you're you're kind of a little bit more heavier in? I'm sure you're one of those athletes that you're like, coach, if you need me to snap it, I'll snap it, catch it, I'll catch it, kick it, I'll kick it. But but where do you play the most at on a Friday night? Where would you like to play in college? To be honest with you, Richie, I can't even answer that for you if I knew. Um, too many. Um, I, I play way so much positions. I wouldn't really be able to tell you. Um, I move around probably every play. Um, I'm literally, I'm literally at running back, receiver, wide, um, safety. But like my my, my main position on uh, defense will be strong safety and uh, in corner. Those are the two positions. And then on these on offense would be running back and receiver. And then you know, of course, the kickoff return and the punt return. You know that. And I and I do the uh, field goal holding and all that stuff. So a little bit of everything. So I, I wouldn't say, you know, I could dive myself down to one position because I really can't. You know, I'm all over the field. And, yes, sir, that's just it. Well, I can tell you one thing, uh, Jalen Smith, that's the answer I needed to hear. That's the answer any recruiter wanted to hear as well that could be listening here tonight. You are exactly what an athlete in this opportunity to talk to uh, one of the hottest athletes in the country. He's coming to us all the way from California over there, Mission Hills, California and uh, continues to light it up in big ways. Man, what's it like growing up in, in a town where everything's right there? You're in a pro market, you're in a college market, and you're in a high school Friday night football market. I mean, it's got to be very surreal to be able to go in and, and see the Rose Bowl and see some of these other big areas. That, that, that helps probably, what, motivates you a little bit and say, look, it's here in my backyard. There's no reason I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, most definitely. Um, growing up, you know, um, just being at, being around in L.A. Um, is big. It's huge. Looking up to all those great greats that come out of here, from, uh, you know, USC, um, a couple other great schools, UCLA, Cal, you know, just, you know, motivation to kind of, you know, be, be in those guys' shoes. But um, in L.A., it's like we're – like you can't go wrong with playing football. When you play football and, you know, when you've been doing it for so so long, you know, that it comes to second nature. You know, whoever – you got to find the right person, you know, that you look up to that um that has been guiding you to do right things and that's what I um that's what I've did and um 
you know, just a blessing, you know, how, how the networking here is just, you know, small and everything's so small, so everything, you know, literally everyone around you. So um, it's just a blessing, you know, being being where I am, being where I'm from, you know, can't go wrong. You know, the weather, everything around it, the beaches, everything. Yes, sir. Now, ain't no doubt about it. And i tell you what, you know, when we see, you know, California on TV, it, it always has that feeling. I've got family out in Bakersfield and towards the Grapevine and all that area. So I've spent some time in L.A. myself. And, uh, again, I've seen the athletes coming out of that area. And it's a nonstop opportunity for you guys to keep doing big things. So, Jalen, before I get you out of here, man, you've got a long list of about 19. Have you set an opportunity to maybe downsize this thing, or are you just going to sit back, kind of take everything in? And is there a top three? I see a list, but I want to hear from you. Do you have a top three, a place that you would like to go? Um, yes, sir. Um, I, to be honest with you, no, I don't have a um, you know, set date to kind of cut my list down. I want to, you know, take things in and kind of enjoy the process. Um, uh, experience other things, you know, other schools and all that good stuff. But um, definitely not. I want to, I want to take everything one step at a time because you know I haven't really got to enjoy it since you know COVID thing hit. You know this pandemic. Advice from a former college athlete to it's going to be a, a very soon college athlete. Man, make sure you're interviewing them like they're interviewing you. Okay, make sure that when you get on camp, fall in love with the campus not as much. I wouldn't say the coaches because, you, you, you know, but you make sure when you get there, man, that you take it all in. And if you come, when you come to Clemson, because I got a feeling Clemson's on that list, uh, I hope to catch up with you, man. I'd love a chance to shake your hand and give you a high five, man, because I'm real proud of you. You're doing it the right way out there in Cali, man, and enjoyed watching you over there with Coach Snoop on the Netflix series. I've enjoyed having the chance to get to know you and your family. And I hope this is the first of many times that we can get you back because I would love to have you in here to kind of – you know, the one thing that we've always been blessed with is that guys go out and they get these recruiting trips, they come back and they check in with us, and they tell us what they experience. Now, the fun part of that, Jalen, is that there's somebody else out there that's not done it yet, so you kind of give them a heads up and kind of teach them a little bit along the way. And of course, I'm going to get Dad in here uh, maybe as early as tomorrow to talk a little bit. You know what, Dad, you're sitting there with him. Uh, Mr. Keith, let me ask you, how surreal is it for you, of course, uh with Jalen going through this whole process, how 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 fun has this been for you coming from the dad's point, maybe a little stressful too, maybe? Yes, I mean, it's been a, it's been like a dream come true because, like, you know, when they're younger, you're always talking to your kids about going to college. And, like, you know, things ain't always easy. So we then went through some rough times. And, like, you know, the school we go to is basically a private school. So it's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do for your kids because – and don't give up. Ain't nothing in this world easy. I've never learned that. So, we're one step closer to getting into college now. So, I'm very proud of that. We're live right now with Jalen Smith's dad, Mr. James, here. I apologize for that. And uh, with that being said, you, you've worked on this young man since the day I can remember you would say, uh, even yesterday, putting the football in his hands, watching him do the things that he's done, you know, kind of going things. What's been the most exciting uh, moment that you've had, uh, Mr. James, when you kind of look at things and you try to put everything in perspective that you've enjoyed up to this point? Uh, getting in through not only just the recruiting, but watching him on Friday nights really light it up just looking and I was saying to myself, I wonder how he's going to react after he get hit. That first year he ever played, he had 17 touchdowns and ended up starting over eight-year-olds, and he was only six. And I was like, wow, he got a nice talent on him, and he loves the game. Just watching the smile on the field shows it all. It's like 
he can't even hear you when he's on the field. He don't hear the fans. He don't hear nobody. He's, like, locked in. So I feel as though I did a pretty good job at raising him, you know. You've done an incredible job raising him. As we're live right now, of course, with the father of uh, Mr. Jalen Smith. Mr. James joins us now and uh, kind of coming at us from a different point of view. And, you know, the one thing with COVID that we've unfortunately had to slow down, uh, James, but but the fun part has been the family, man. We've had this family bond, and you and him, I'm sure, have had a chance to be around each other a lot more than you would had he been in school or being at the fields, being at weight rooms and, and doing the other things. It's kind of been forced to – you guys have, you have to hang out. you got nobody else to talk to, nobody else to be around. You know, how, how fun has it been kind of reuniting, I guess, because i got to do this with my kids, and I'm fortunate enough to have four kids that are amazing. But, uh, you know, you get to spend this time with him and, and, and a few more. You, I'm not sure you have a daughter as well. Yeah, I have I have four. I got I got two little boys. One of them is eight. The other one is six. And then I have my I have Jalen has a twin sister, so she's basically sixteen too. The other two is basically grown. They're out the house. So it's been amazing just sitting up, spending time with the kids, and you know, just hanging out with them. You know, no work. I, I'm yeah. not at work, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, we got to take a little bit of the good with the bad, and I tell you, it's been a fun ride. I've enjoyed uh, getting, you know, back around my kids, and, and, and I feel like I'm kind of cool again. You know, uh, before I wasn't that cool, but, man, when you you got the key to success and sometimes the key to a car, it, it makes it pretty cool for a little while. Uh, James, I want to say thank you so much for allowing me and, and our staff and, of course, everybody who's, you know, put this thing together. And it, it, It's been so much fun. I mean, it really has. It's been a lot of fun to, to get to know you as well as your son. And, and, of course, we look forward to continuing and building uh, this relationship and having you in here. Of course, Miss Simmons over at Fort Dorchester was a huge part of putting us together. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, her son, who plays over at Fort, uh, is uh, keeping in contact there. Uh, it's Jalen and Jalen there. So it's a lot of fun uh, to have this thing kind of full circle. And, and it really means a lot because it shows you how sports while we might be so spread out, it, it, it's not that far away from us connecting here on the World Wide Web. Yes, I mean, um, the one thing about these kids these days is they all stay in contact. They all is wishing for each other's success. It's just one big old family. So I wish all the luck to all the kids that's playing and whatever advice and stuff that I can give them, I don't have a problem with sharing it. It's all about mental toughness and keeping your body together. Ain't nobody sitting around waiting on you to get better. Everybody got to keep working and keep working on. I love it, man. And proof is in the pudding because guess what? Jalen Smith is the real deal. Whether you're in the state of California, you're hanging tight in South Carolina, you're anywhere in between in Texas, you know this kid by first and last name. Uh, James, let me ask you this final question. This is kind of a personal deal here because you and I are very similar probably in age, and we grew up listening to Snoop Dogg, man. I mean, was it was it pretty neat, you know, when you found out that, of course, Jalen was going to be able to be a part of this this system, this 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 uh, documentary over there with Snoop and uh, what they were doing with Netflix? Uh, what went through your mind? I don't know if I could have contained myself if it would have been Jacob, you know, my older son. I mean, the thing about it is, like, before my son even played for Snoop team, I had knew Snoop. I've been knowing Snoop for probably, like, 20 years before my son played with him. And um, we was we was at Crenshaw High. It was a championship game. And my son was, I believe he was, yeah, I was, he was 11 at the time. And it was a championship game, and he went for six touchdowns in the game. 
and me and Snoop was basically there. So Snoop told me, like, he's the only one on his team scored that game. They won the game, I think, 36 to yeah. six or something. So Snoop gave me a call, and he said, you know, James, you know, I I would really love to put the cameras and stuff on your son and tell y'all story from around the world and, like, just show him a different side of football because, you know, when you go down to Texas and play, when you go down to Florida and play, when you go to Washington and play, Everybody on the map got different talent. Some cities eat, sleep, and live straight football. So it was a great opportunity, and I was very blessed for my son to be able to receive that because that's something that I wouldn't have been able to do. I wouldn't have been able to travel all over the world and let him play against different talent. So it was a blessing in disguise, and I very, I really appreciate it. Well, I tell you what, you're paying it forward because you're being a part of my day and every listener out here and some coaches along the way and some players. There's a lot of players listening to this thing, not just in South Carolina. I've had some guys check in from North Carolina, Louisiana, Texas. Arizona's got one guy that just texted in and said, hey, we really appreciate you, Jalen, representing us in the high school level. Keep doing it big so that we can follow you and do what you do. So uh, I want to say this on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, uh, Jalen, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to getting you back in here real soon. Uh, Mr. James, man, we, we're going to rely on you. Man. We're going to put this thing together. You're going to become a regular on the show, and you and I can educate some parents, man, because there's a lot of parents who, yeah, they just don't know. They don't realize what goes through getting recruited. You're seeing it in a whole different eyes out there in the backyard of Los Angeles, California. So I appreciate you being willing to be a part of our dream and our mission to educate the youth out here. Yes, and it's no problem. I mean, the thing is, it's a it's a dream come true, and it's you got to be very smart. You got to stop because I mean, you know, it's some coaches and some schools that basically, you know, you don't know if they want to just take your kid and put them on the shelf so they don't have to play against them. So it's like you got to be very open minded and just pay attention because when your son gets to where he's going. Is going to feel at home. And once he gets that home feeling, that's basically, I believe, that's where he'll go. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of these campuses and stuff. We ain't been able to really, really visit too many schools or nothing because of this COVID stuff. So just be patient, and hopefully we get a season in this year. We pray it on it, and we'll see how it works out. Well, you're on the right track with prayer, brother. I agree with you, man. We've been praying since the day they shut us down that they would slowly open us back up and get us back up and running. And any time, if you get you guys come to Clemson or you come within a few states of us, let us know. We're going to meet you somewhere, grab something to eat with you guys. It'd be an honor and, and an opportunity. I'm going to take advantage of. Uh, Jalen, I wish you the best of luck, buddy. I appreciate you. I, I can't speak highly enough about you, and I've been blowing you up all day, of course, on social media, and it's not going to stop because uh, you just keep impressing me with the films that you keep putting up. And I just uh, want to say thank you for giving us time of your day. You didn't have to, but you did. And thank you for doing that, buddy. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem, man. You have a good one. Right. You got it. Mr. James, same to you, sir. Keep him healthy. Keep him happy. And do the same yourself. Is there something we can do for you? This is your platform. Reach out to us and let's say hello again. Really appreciate, really appreciate that, sir. You have a great day and no problem. There you go, guys, and you got to love the interview there. That was a five-star interview with two five-star guys, of course, father-son interview. And, you know, I thought about it in the middle of my sentence. I said, you know what, why better now 
than ever because tomorrow is not promised. And we've learned nothing in COVID. We've learned that, that today is the day that the Lord has made, and we took it an opportunity, and we do want to thank Mr. James and, of course, his son, Jalen Smith. He is a big-time, I mean big-time guy. He's an athlete, coaches. Don't hold him back. Put him anywhere. Put him everywhere. He's going to light it up and create an automatic uh, highlight reel course. Jalen Smith, the athlete, 5'11", 180 pounds, class of 2021. He's over there at Mission Hill, California, Bishop Alatomy High School. That's in Los Angeles. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to probably bring in Coach Bitten. I think he's hanging out. Word on the street is he's listening. So I'm going to cue him in here at 730. We'll get his thoughts on the interviews because he's been hanging tight. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, get our breath, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalbin, and now we bring in uh, my co-host. He's joined us here after sitting back and uh, kind of pulled up the laptop over there in North Charleston. He got done what needed to be done, and he's going to join us for the remainder of the show. And uh, Coach Eugene Benton joins us. Coach, uh, good interview so far, man. We've been very fortunate to get in here with Clemson Tom to start us off. Reginald Walker. Now, Clemson Tom came from Orlando. Then we took the bus up to Charlotte where Reginald, of course, uh, Walker got in here with us at 630 and then. We drove it all the way across country, played to Los Angeles, where we checked in with that uh, All-American kid, Jalen Smith. He's got 19 major D1 offers, and, I mean, he can almost pick anywhere he wants to go. And I thought Dad did a great job. And of course, he did a great job, and it was a lot of fun getting to know that young man. I look forward to having him back in, for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, it sounds like uh, being a, California, a SoCal kid, you know, I heard him talk about the schools. It's kind of interesting, some of the ones, you know, I know he didn't want to pick a top three or a top ten, just some of the ones, you know, he was interested in. Uh, you know, some of the first ones he mentioned was LSU, and then uh, he mentioned Clemson and Washington, you know, and, and schools like that. Obviously, he talked a little bit about Southern Cal and UCLA. I'm sure he gets to see those just because he lives in that area. But, you know, the, the whole Clemson and uh, – LSU and Washington, you know, and I think you may have mentioned Texas as well. Um, you know, and the fact is that he, it's kind of funny he was picking out majors in, in certain schools and it sounds like he wants to do a, either a zoology pre-med program, so he's a pretty smart kid, you know, and it sounds like his dad just said, you know, just admitted, but it's like, you know, when your kid's got a gift, you invest everything you can into them. Uh, you know, I know the playing in the Snoop League and getting to travel and all that was just – such a, a blessing for him, and the father is very grateful for that same opportunity. But you know, it, it, he he really didn't even talk about himself a lot, which I thought was pretty cool for a kid right. that gets that much that many accolades. You know, and he's constantly blown up on social media and this that the other you know recruiting source. You know, he talked about his team. Um, you know, and he said, you know, we spend so much time talking about things other than football because that's life after football. So it just sounds like he's a, he's a young man with a who's very mature, uh, with a great head on his shoulders, and uh, you know why not? You know he mentioned taking uh, advantage uh, of the recruiting process in the sense of you know getting to go see all these schools and, and travel around, because you only get that one opportunity. Now I know next year might be a little right. funky with the NCAA and how they're going to do visits, but typically you know going into your your senior year you have five paid for visits. And if you're a guy that's sitting on 19, 20, however many, you know, major D1 offers, why not take all five if you can and still maintain your schoolwork and everything else? Why not? You know, it's on somebody else's dime. They're going to pay for it. They're going to show you the world. You've been on recruiting trips. I was a recruiting host um, a little bit under Holtz at at South Carolina. And, you know, if you can experience that with with the nice plane rides and the nice hotel rooms and all the food and all the travel, shoot, why not do it, man? And, he's, you know, he's picked some pretty cool places to go visit. Um, you know, I, I, when he was talking about Clemson, you know, I just want to say even though I went to the other school, you know, that's a heck of a place to visit too. And, uh, you know, I, I know um, the recruiting department up there put on a good show for him. Same at all the other schools he picked. But, uh, you know, that was a great that was a great interview. Um, I didn't get to catch all the uh, NFL draft talk. I know uh, some people are still do, uh, frowning on your, on your uh, Packers. I wanted to tell you, uh, yeah. I caught the tail end of an interview on uh, ESPN, I think it was, uh, one of the sports shows. Right. Um, 
And apparently, uh, your old boy Brett Favre put out a statement that uh, since this draft, he didn't think that uh, your quarterback was going to end his career there. So I don't know if uh, old Brett Favre is fanning the flames or to Aaron Rodgers or what, but uh, that was a pretty bold statement to put out there. Um, you know, and 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 I heard yeah, talk about some of the other picks and yeah. Well, I thought that was a pretty good jab, you know, considering, you know, Brett Favre didn't finish his career there either because Aaron Rodgers came onto the scene. But, you know, uh, that that was a pretty cool interview. Um, I, I know uh, the Clemson guys really uh, – Clemson Tom really uh, likes Tanner Muse and all the other Clemson guys he follows and, and Renfro and all those guys. But, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get to catch all of that one, but uh, – you know, I really paid attention to what this young man had to say, you know, being that I've been in the high school coaching ranks and just kind of wanted to hear a different perspective, you know, from an athlete with a bunch of big-time offers from, you know, the left coast or completely on the other side of the country. It was just, you know, it was a really cool uh, cool interview, and, and the kid, you know, provided a lot of good information about his program and his experience and just, you know, he was just very thankful for the opportunity and, and all the blessings that bestowed upon him. Yeah, and even I will say this: Miss Simmons is a uh, is a parent, by the way, over at uh, Fort Dorchester. Her son Jalen uh, Simmons is uh, is an athlete over there with Coach uh, Pratt and the boys. But uh, I've had a chance to get to know because of Southern Sports Central. We 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 do have many opportunities, like we did to now get to know Mr. James, uh, and we look forward to building that relationship. Well, same goes with a lot of athletes that come in here. And, of course, we cover everything, not just in the low country, but around the country, literally, right? We just proved it from coast to coast here. But uh, Ms. Simmons was a huge advocate of uh, getting that interview placed. Uh, she and I have had conversations. She said, I got something for you. You know, Rich, I, I think you'll like this. So, you know, I, I know he's part of the Coach Snoop documentary, and uh, this is this, that, and the other. And, and so it just kind of worked out in the pieces of the puzzles. And, you know, I can't say enough about those who continue to believe in me, continue to believe in our vision here at Southern Sports Central. This platform is, is your platform. This is your opportunity. We just hit the buttons and, and get the conversation started. Thank her and uh, all the energy and effort behind the scenes that she's done. And we got more stuff coming. That's just one, okay? Uh, you know, and, and you did hear uh, how awesome would it be if somehow Mr. James could somehow get a snoop in here for five seconds. I don't need five minutes. I don't need 15, but I'll take it. Hey, I'll take whatever for him to come in here and us talk about Snoop. To me, it is the other side of that interview was Snoop goes into like nine different communities and grabs these kids up and teaches them so many things about life and, and the games. And then you hear about, you know, Jalen talked about flying and, and getting a chance to spread his wings a little bit and thinking to himself, man, how much more do you need to spread? You're in Los Angeles, California. Okay, I know a lot about Los Angeles for multiple reasons. You know, I grew up going there every summer. I got family out there. I know, you know, the beaches and, and, and the atmosphere and the fun things and, of course, Dodger Stadium. And there's so many things just along with that from my history there. But, you know, you, you start to kind of enjoy these interviews. And, again, without, you know, the help of many, and I just heard of so many that help us continue to build this platform, to build this vision. And, again, it's all under the good Lord above that we do what we do here at Southern Sports Central uh, you know, we just thank you for the opportunity to, to listen, you know, to us and what we put together. SoCon John was going to try to join us. It doesn't look like that's going to work. He's got some things going on with COVID and all this. So we're going to wish him and his family the best and uh, continue praying for them. But, uh, you, you know, a, a lot of things on that interview, too, and you mentioned it, Eugene, with how he handled himself. I've never in my life 
you know, during this time, you're hearing these kids come out, and they're so much further along than I thought they might have been. I mean, for this young man, you know, to say, you know, football is just something we do when we're on the football field. It's not going to be there forever. What kid at his age with 19 major offers makes that comment, Eugene? Yeah, that's what I said. That was so impressive about him is that, you know, when it comes to the, the, the offers in, in the big school, uh, he, he seems to take a very business-like approach. You know, his, his responses were very thought out, very well calculated in that, you know, he, he's not going to eliminate any schools at this point because he just doesn't know. Like you said, he hasn't had a chance to visit many schools outside of the couple that were right there in his area. You know, and, and, and so, you know, while kids want to put out graphics and, you know, have their top ten with these logos on them, you know, you might be turning away a school that might have something very valuable to offer you, you know, in doing that because they right. see a top ten and the coach was like, well, you know, so-and-so's, we didn't make the top ten, so I'm going to go look at another guy. You know, and he just wasn't willing to do that. You know, he, he stuck to his, his guns and, his, his, you know, his what he had going on and his beliefs for, you know, his best system. And, um, you know, I think it's it a very business-like approach. And, you know, and, and I try to tell kids that even in ninth grade coaching, you know, when they come in ninth grade, I said, now it's a business. This isn't necessarily – and you want them to enjoy the game and have fun, but I try to right. instill in, in even the ninth graders is, you know, this isn't necessarily about fun anymore. You know, there are no juice boxes and snacks at the end of the game. You know, it's about what? business. Your your goal is to go to college, you know, or, or, or a major college, a D2 college, or to play football in the next level period. You know, it starts as a business. Here because it really starts with your grades. You got to, Most ninth graders take core classes, and those core classes count towards your 16 for your NCAA GPA. Right. And that's why I try to tell them, you know, this is this is a business going in. And, and even those kids, you know, we have some kids that take high school classes in in seventh and eighth grade. And I tell them, you know, if, sure. if you mess around, that A or that B, that that affects your core GPA. So if you want to play college ball right. at the next level. That you know, every every high school class you take, that matter what grade you're in, it counts. That's part of the business. You know, that's your business resume. That's your job application. You know, so I try to instill that, and it sounds like you know he's been influenced. You know, very similarly in that you know this is all a business, son. And you know, if your goal is this, that, and the other, whether it be playing NFL or for him, you know, he mentioned possibly like a pre-med thing. You know. It's it's all part of the business, and you know, it sounds like he's got a great head on the shoulders. And you know, of course, you know you hear these interviews, and you hear like we've had so many kids from across the country, you know, are fortunate to have this yeah. strong leadership at home. South Carolina, some of the comments he made to Perry Wilder, and some of the things that he said. The two ladies from the soccer field last night, their conversation. Payne Rutherford, the golfer. I mean, you know, you you hear those were guys for the class of twenty. 20. Now, of course, we're, we talked to a gentleman just now, Jalen Smith, the class of 2021. Uh, first of all, man, I'm going to go back. Did you say that there are no more? You said there's no more snacks and juice boxes, dude? Are you serious? That's, that's the worst juice I've heard all day. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. You know, there, there were some games where we handed out Gatorades and sandwiches at the end of the game, right. but uh, you, you take you take my point. This isn't T-ball, but, you know, and uh, wow, that actually just made me think of one of my greatest stories as being a parent who is a coach was about my daughter and I was talking to the Somerville um, young lady about my daughter playing softball and I'll never forget her first t-ball game she was playing right there in Somerville right by your house at the uh what do you call the right. park there on 17th and 
she was playing for the Yankees, and the uh, she was a pitcher, you know, in T-ball. So she stood by the by the thing there, and they lost the game. I think it was like sixteen to fifteen, and the other teams over there getting right. their juice boxes and their little bag of chips, and she refused to take one, and she just stood there and she was crying. And the coach come over to her, her head coach come over to her, and he put his arms around her, and he said, Emma, you know, you played a great game. I mean, she, she was always dominant. Even even at T-ball, sure. she would just run kids down to tag them out because the other kids couldn't catch the ball. She threw it to them. And, and she said she, – she, she, and he's offered her the, uh, the juice box and the, the bag of Cheetos, and she said, no, thank you. And he said, well, did you have fun? And she – I'll never forget this, man. She's – tears are rolling down her face. She points the other team and she said they had more fun because they won. <laughs> and I know like, as a coach, as a coach, in the dad, winning, man. That, was no very proud moment. that was a very proud moment as a well, coach dad for me. You know, is that they had more fun because they won. So uh that's all right, man. But it was uh, all good. Yeah. But uh <laughs> that's what so reminded me this. when you so, start so talking quick about story for boxing. me, man. Which, when, when you get Jacob, so when Jacob was playing Sertoma, you know, we've partnered up with a lot of the Sertoma teams, and, and then we're going to actually do a lot of stuff over there with the commissioner and the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We've uh, announced that we're going to be the game of the week. It's going to be broadcasted here with Eugene, myself, and one more on a Saturday night. Of course, we'll bring it to you live right here on the show. But uh, that being said, Jacob, my oldest son, played Sertoma. And I remember Sertoma, man, you got to play, man. It's expensive. It's not as expensive as hockey. It's pretty, pretty, pretty right on expensive. And so we had bought all the pads and done all the things. And so all of a sudden, uh, the coach, uh, the coach's wife or the team mom, I think it was a team mom, actually came to me and she said, well, I need $30 more. And I was like, you're not getting that. That's, that's not happening. She was like, well, I need $30. I said, well, okay, well, why do you need $30? She said, well, it's not for me. It's for your son. And we're going to buy trophies. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He's 12. She said, yeah, I know. I said, cool. Do they get a trophy if they win the whole thing? She was like, well, well yeah. I said, well, then we're good. I mean, I, I don't want him to have oh. a trophy for participating. He gets an experience. Okay, That's what he good. gets. He gets a helmet. He gets pads. Well, you would have thought I told that lady she was the worst person in the world, and she looked at me. She was like, really? Really? This is what you're going to do? And I was like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm definitely doing mm-hmm. it. I'm feeling it. Yeah, we're not, we're not buying a trophy. Okay, that's not happening. If yeah. you want something, I'll give them some pizza. Definitely a sore subject. Always Jeez. been in our house with the trophies for participation and the yeah. ribbons for participation. And, yeah, no. I mean, if, if you win something to get to some level, you know, like let's say you win your classroom spelling bee and you get to the final regional, okay, because mm-hmm. you won something to get there. They just didn't hand it to you for showing up. I don't think you get something for showing right. up because – you know, for showing up and participating, you know, you, you teach the intrinsic value of being a team, part of a team, you know, and the commitment and the staying through with your commitment. But, yeah, no, we sure. we definitely don't do the participation trophies and, and ribbons in our house. Well, see, you think about it, man, and to be honest with you, and I don't mind it single digits that you get those. I, I really don't. And I'm not going to sit here and be that guy. Okay, I am. But I'm not going to be all the time. But here's the thing. So, so I didn't get the trophy for Jacob, right? So the team had to pay for it. Oh, that was your fault. I, I told you he didn't get one. If he didn't win the team, even win the championship game, and even second place got a trophy. It was just smaller than the first place. So you know what? So they go through. They lose one game to this team. Uh, then they played the championship game, and they won it in double overtime over at Satoma and uh, Gahagan, and uh, we got a trophy. And it was a bad Mama Jamma trophy. It was a lot bigger than the trophy that, that the team got. I mean, it was like huge. And I was like, 
That's why you played that game. That's why. You know, that could have gone either way. But, man, you know, sometimes when you're that guy, you're just hoping and praying to God. You're like, okay, I'm going to stay a little longer today in service. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because if, by the grace of God, we don't get a trophy, this is not going to go well. We're going to go really quick because we've got about eight minutes. Uh, Miss Kathy Reeves joined us on, uh, what was it, yesterday, Eugene? I believe she checked in with us for a little minute there. She's with PD yes, Sports Recruiter. She's the yes, host she of PD in. Recruiter Sports Talk Show. Yeah, she came in, I think it was uh, around 6.45, closer to 7. It was actually in between a couple of the athletes there for real quick and then uh, and took off. But, um, yeah, that was uh, yesterday. Yep, so she's back with us now over here hanging out with us on the 10 Farm Hotline. She's coming from the ATL. So just think about this, guys. We started the show in Orlando, all right? Then we went to Charlotte. Then we went to Los Angeles, California. Now we're hanging out with a recruiter, uh, well, PD Sports recruiter. I'm going to let you kind of tell – I'm going to let Miss Kathy tell you what she does. She is the host of her own show over there, PD Sports Recruits Sports Talk. Uh, we'll also let her give a plug for that. She's an educator, a motivator. And uh, a motivational speaker, a recruiting counselor. She does it all, and you can reach out to her at 404-217-6313. Again, you can call her directly for all of your recruiting needs there and questionnaires at 404-217-6313. All the way from Atlanta, we welcome in Miss Kathy back to the show. Uh, thanks for catching up with us on a beautiful Wednesday night, Miss Kathy. How's it going? Hey there. It's going fantastic. Thank you so much for having me back again on the show. It's always uh, a pleasure to uh, join, you know, everyone that's from home. You know, I'm originally from South Carolina. I don't know if I shared that with you. So I always have preference uh, to the state. And I'm always, you know, whenever I'm home, I'm in the area, you know, I'm always trying to connect with all of the great student athletes that are there. And I am just so extremely proud of everything that you guys are doing on the show. You have so much positive energy, and I'm hearing so many success stories about so many of the kids, you know, in the Carolinas, and let them know that I'm very, very proud of them, extremely, extremely proud of them. And I also wanted to share with our listening audience that as we move, you know, to the, you know, post-COVID-19, I know it's a word that a lot of colleges and universities are still pondering. Uh, I'm following a lot of the stories in the Chronicles of Higher Education. So if there are any parents who are um, listening uh, under the sound of my voice, the Chronicles of Higher Education has a lot of information on what is coming down the pipeline for colleges and universities for fall of 2020. I do know that uh, Connecticut State University will be um, putting their uh, football program on pause for fall of 2020. So as we move into um, all of these different, um, you know, all these different scenarios and everything that's going on with the financial end and the states as it pertains to COVID-19, we definitely want our parents and our student-athletes to um, ask those questions about what changes will be made going forward to, number one, keep them safe, okay? What changes have they, are they going to be making to keep the students safe? What changes are they going to be 
you know, making and how are they going to be implementing those changes. So those are, um, you know, just a lot of the questions. Are they going to have contact sports for fall of 2020? Those things are still in the air with a lot of colleges and universities, as I was reading in the Chronicles of Higher Education. Um, Funding with um, the uh, high, uh, you know, unemployment numbers for each state, you know, states having to stretch uh, state funds um, for first responders, things of that nature, you know, are the colleges going to be in a financial position you know, number one, to extend scholarships, you know, what is the fate of the Pell Grant? Uh, and, you know, how is that going to come into play? So, and there are also a lot of students who are um, still at the schools, at the colleges and universities, there are a lot of them who uh, got stuck uh, as a result of this, uh, this COVID-19 pandemic. And they're still you know, at the school, some of them are still in the dorm. Some of them have not been able to go home. So, you know, there are a lot of, you know, underlying issues and underlying questions that parents should be, you know, really imposing on the coaches. They should be imposing on the admissions office. You know, how are they going to keep, you know, how are they going to keep my child safe? Um, As we um, continue uh, the uh, recruiting of student athletes in in all phases, all NCAA sports, we are right now we've hit the pause button because I want to make sure that any student athlete that I send or represent to a school or refer to a school, that they're going to be safe. Safety is my uh, number one priority right now because with so many different states doing so many different things, um, different reopening schedules and, you know, things of that nature, we have to be cautious uh, when we are sending, you know, our children to these colleges and universities in the fall. So I'm hoping to be able to, you know, come on your show uh, and, and share, a, a, you know, a little bit more information about, um, you know, the, uh, the, the fate of higher education uh, amidst the COVID-19 uh, social distancing and how that's going to, you know, play out um, in higher education. We're live right now with Miss Kathy Reeves, of course, joining us here live on Southern Sports Central. Always a blessing to catch up with those who have the same vision, the same mission, and the same drive that we have right here on Southern Sports Central. She's with PD Sports Recruiters. Uh, we want to get you back in here, and we're kind of getting bits and pieces. So what I'm going to do is set an exact time to get you in here tomorrow because it's going to be a heavy high school show as well as some college stuff. And uh, we'll set tentatively if you kind of send me – a 6.30 or 7 o'clock, which works better for you, Miss Cassie, will get you in here, and you can kind of break down a little bit more because there's a lot of parents who need to know what you do, and uh, you can help them. I know we were connected by Coach uh, Durham, the uh, athletic director, and, of course, the head football coach at Andrews, but uh, let's you and I connect uh, through the messages world and, and connect to get you back in here Sounds tomorrow great. night at a certain time and give you 30 minutes. Sounds great. I look forward to it. 
Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I got to thank Mr. Captain Reed for checking in with us here. And uh, have a great night. I love it. I tell you what, this is what it's all about is the listeners that we get, the support that we get, all the excitement that kind of happens here as we sit in small town USA of Somerville, South Carolina, but we've reached out to so many larger cities across the country. I mean, next stop, we're heading to Ohio. That's right, the great state of Ohio where we'll check in with Kevin Noon. He is with the BuckeyeGrove.com group. We're going to do that right at the top of Hour number three. So that will do it for hour number two. I want to thank Jalen Smith and his father, Mr. James, jumping in here with us at the top. And then, of course, uh, we jumped in with uh, Coach Eugene Benton. Uh, of course, he's the co-host, and he jumped in for just a little while. And uh, then Miss Kathy Reese uh, from PD Recruits jumped in as well. So it's been quite the show, and we've got a whole other hour to go. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central on Twitter. At SO Sports Central, and of course, we do some instant gram at Southern Sports Central, guys. We'll be right back. You're on the couch, blowing up my phone. You don't want to come out, but you don't want to be alone. It don't take but two to have a little soiree. If you're in the mood, sit tight right where you are, babe. Cause I'll be at your door in ten minutes. Whatever you got on, girl, stay in it. You ain't gotta leave the house to have a good time. I'm gonna bring the good time home to you. We'll have a
And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elmer, live here on Southern Sports Central on a beautiful Wednesday night in Somerville, South Carolina, coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Carolina, you can call us live on the air, get in here, ask a question, make a statement with 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. And the Tip Farm Hotline is up and running with Kevin Noon from BuckeyeGrove.com, part of the Rivals team. Joins us now from, I believe, the state of Ohio. Kevin, it's been a minute, buddy. How's life? And uh, are you calling from Ohio? Yeah, I'm uh, stay-at-home orders here in uh, just east of Columbus, and it's uh, a rainy, rainy evening here in Ohio. But you know, just uh, trying to you know get through these strange times that we're uh, living in. I hope you and all your listeners are doing well during these times as well. Well, we're definitely shut down here in Somerville and Charleston. The state of South Carolina was actually extended it two more weeks, shockingly so. Uh, but one thing that wasn't halted was the activity from the Buckeyes over the weekend. Man, I mean, you guys had a couple of dudes go back-to-back, if I'm not mistaken. Let's talk about the draft from your point of view, Kevin. Uh, what did you like the most about it? What was your most, I guess, impressive moment? And uh, anything you didn't like? Well, you know, I, first and foremost, I was happy that we had an NFL draft. I know there were a lot of people that were concerned when the uh, free agency window opened up and that because of that, people weren't taking, the, you know, these grave conditions around us seriously enough. But I know that there are a lot of people out there like myself, like yourself, that really need that sports content, you know, whether or not it's a, a diversion, a passion, a profession, what have you, they need it. So, you know, having the draft was fantastic. Um, It certainly was odd with it being in Goodell's basement and watching him go, especially on night one, from standing up to lounging to drunk on his M&Ms or whatnot. It was, it was, it was, it was odd, but uh, Ohio state certainly did have itself a draft with uh, three players going on night one with Chase Young going number two uh, with Jeffrey Okuda going three and Damon Arnett going 19. Uh, You know, it just, both of the uh, Bosa brothers going in similar positions during their respective drafts. It just really proves that, uh, Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach of Ohio State, is one of the best in the game. Uh, there were some questions if Okuda, Jeff Okuda would go three with Detroit, potentially looking to maybe slide down to five or six, Miami maybe jumping up, and Okuda still being there, but they decided to stick with it at three. And then the Damon Arnett pick at 19 was a bit of a surprise to many people because he was a guy that looked to come out last year, and Chris Carter, the former uh, NFL great and Ohio State great told who, who's close to the Arnett family said, "What are you doing? What are you thinking about? Where, where do you think you're getting drafted?" Well, making the decision to come back probably made him about ten million dollars in that initial contract. And once the third cornerback came off the board, Arnett really made sense going in the position he did. And two more corners came off in the 30s as well, in the, in the upper 30s. So. Uh, it was it was a great first night for Ohio State. Ten players drafted overall. Uh, you know, just another strong showing. Live right now, Elevator hanging out with us on the Kent Farm Hotline. There's the one and only Kevin New. He checks in with us, checking in on the Big Ten. He also covers things over there with BuckeyeGrove.com, part of the Rivals family, doing some great things, Kevin. And glad to have you back up. It's a little bit of normalcy for you and me to get you back in here and 
you've been part of this uh, this run with Southern Sports Central. It's hard to believe how long, but you've been a huge contributor, and uh, I couldn't have asked for anybody better to cover the Big Ten and, of course, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Like you mentioned, the Buckeyes did have a great night and uh, a few good nights there, but how about the rest of the Big Ten? Any surprises there? And your thought as far as the grade would be concerned when it comes to the Big Ten and the football that was uh, put together on draft night? I was a little surprised to see Michigan get 10 players in. Not so much that they got the 10, but a lot of it came in the sixth and seventh round. Uh, a name for fans in Big Ten country or who follow the Big Ten, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he really slid down the boards, uh, you know, going in the sixth round or fifth round, something along those lines. I believe he ended up in Cleveland. Uh, you know, he was a player just based on potential that you would have expected to go higher, but you know, this draft was just so weird because have pro days in a large, you know, in a large number. Uh, if you really didn't bring it at the combine, at the uh, scouting combine, a lot of guys prefer to to run and do that stuff during their during their pro days. You know, what what do you get there? Um, you know, another player that kind of surprised me was going back to Ohio State, KJ Hill, sliding to the seventh round. Um, you know, you sit there. He is the all-time career reception leader at Ohio State. In, in Ohio State history, nobody's had more career receptions than K.J. Hill. Uh, he's not the biggest receiver out there. He's not the fastest receiver out there. But as Ryan Day said on the on, on the Monday following the draft, I've not seen anybody cover him with any consistency. So, you know, that's something to be said there. Um, you know, I, I think one of the, the still good stories, and I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to talk – positive about Michigan just based on the rivalry, but, you know, once you get beyond all of that, uh, Cesar Ruiz going in the first round, the uh, offensive lineman from Michigan, just a great story to see him go there. Uh, You you get the opportunity to get to kind of know these kids, and they're still kids to me. I'm an old man. They're kids to me. You get to know them, and you see them realize their dreams, and you can't help but feel good for them at that point. So, you know, guilty as charged if it comes to that. No doubt about it. We're live right now with Kevin News. He, of course, covers the BuckeyeGrove.com, all that good stuff that happens over there. But he also covers the Big Ten for Southern Sports Central, and he's a regular. He's a contributor. He's been a big part of why we do what we do and get to give you the facts, not just the opinions here. Now, looking at it, let's talk about Michigan a little bit there. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, a gentleman who you may have heard of this gentleman, Reginald Walker. He played for Joe Paul back in the day. He now does a lot of stuff in the Charlotte area, but he's a contributor here on the show as well. But, you know, he talked a little bit, even though being a Penn State guy, he talked about Michigan and how hard it is and the expectations maybe that they have in, in Ann Arbor is not really fair to the coach over there. What's your thoughts after another season in the books for Michigan? And, of course, they didn't win a, a, a national championship, didn't really make the run they thought they would. But longevity-wise, is this guy okay, or do you think these people are just crazy enough to get rid of him? I mean, if if your school doesn't have wild expectations, maybe your program just isn't that good. I mean, right. honestly, you you want your program to have those type of expectations because it means that you have you have the history, you're the blue blood, you have the facilities, you have the recruiting territory, whatever have you, to have those types of wild expectations. Nobody nobody running around Nashville thinks that Vanderbilt's going to go 12 and 0 every season. So. You know, there's something to be said about where these expectations stem from. Harbaugh certainly has not been able to to really string it together. Uh, no wins against Ohio State at this point. Uh, you know, they've 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 had minimal success here and there against Michigan State, and 
Wisconsin and Penn State and programs like that. Uh, you know, to Jim Harbaugh's credit, they you know they they make changes. They go to UConn a couple years ago, get Don Brown. Uh, things seem to really work, except for when they play Ohio State. They go to Alabama and get Josh Gaddis and hand him the offense. Obviously, they haven't made the changes that they need there, but I think so much of that has to do with the fact that they haven't had the right quarterback. And apologies to Shea Patterson, but you know I think Shea Patterson was in a better situation when he was at Ole Miss than he was when he was at Michigan. So now they're going to get into a position with a young quarterback, more than likely, unless they're able to get somebody like a like a JT Daniels transferring out of USC. They're gonna, you know, they're either going to have to bring in a transfer, or they're going to have to rely on one of the young guys, and. Uh, you know, I think Michigan's problems start to stop right there with that quarterback position because they just have not had the answer with the John O'Corns and Wilton Spates of the world. You mentioned the great one there with the quarterback not getting drafted. I'm not mistaken. Uh, it just wasn't the night for him. He, he staying where he was was probably the best thing that could have happened to him. What is it about Michigan that, that keeps these quarterbacks? It seems like they, they just can't get over that hurdle, at least this quarterback alone. Does their future look bright next year with another guy at the helm as far as getting this production of offense moving in the right direction, Kevin? Well, I mean, honestly, name name the second most quarterback that's been successful under a Jim Harbaugh-led NC2A team. We all know who the first one is. Uh, right. You know, but who's the second one? And it's hard to name it. So I'm not convinced that he's he's a quarterback developer. I'm not convinced that he's some sort of quarterback guru, having played the position himself. Uh, you know, you it only goes so far. I mean, you can lead a horse to water and you can't make him drink. And I'm not taking anything away from the kids. And I'm really not trying to sit there and pass judgment on the coaches. I'm just speaking on the record that they have not been able to get that type of development out of these guys. And when they go to the transfer market under him, Quarterbacks, if, if if they don't stay sim- similar, they regress. So, you know, I don't know. But, you know, Michigan also has been snake-bitten when it comes to its receiving core, dealing with a lot of injuries. Tariq Black never really was able to put it together. He's now transferred to Texas. Uh, you look at DPJ, who I talked about earlier, he never really put it together. If I have a guy like Nico Collins, I'm throwing it to him all yeah. off the bus. I'm throwing it to Nico Collins. <laughs> they were – they refuse to do it. I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody needs to create an introduction between Josh Gaddis and Nico Collins up there. I don't. I don't know. So, they're they're just a lot of problems. Live right now, Kevin Noon joins us all the way from BuckeyeGrove.com in the state of Ohio. We've run the bus all around the country. We've landed right around the corner in Ohio talking about the Michigan Wolverines. Let's get back to Ohio State. It doesn't seem like with Urban Meyer's gone, they haven't really skipped a beat. The recruiting is still very impactful. Things are continuing. To, to, to just, I, I would say, get better and better day after day. It's not the finish they wanted, but let's be honest. I mean, you know, they went against a very good team. It is what it is when it comes down to these playoffs. Uh, you you got to kind of sometimes have a little bit more luck than you do some of the other things. But that being said, well, where do you think Ohio State is coming out of the draft and coming into a new season? And, of course, now we're dealing with COVID-19 where nobody's been able to move and be on a campus. Well, I think Ohio State is better – suited than a lot of teams just because of the amount of veteran talent that they have. And by veterans, I don't, I mean, I could sit there and mean sophomores, honestly. I mean, just guys that have been through, been through the wars at least once. Um, Ohio State, certainly, we love to throw the culture word around. We love to say this program has great culture and that program doesn't have great culture. 
you know, at risk of, of sounding like a, a sports cliche record, Ohio State has a great culture, and I think that it has great leadership amongst its players to hold each other accountable during these situations. We don't know how anybody's really going to look. I think the biggest concern that we have going into a season, if we have a season, when we have a season, how long that season is, what is the return to play plan? Is it four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks? Guys aren't going to necessarily have the the, the, the rigorous conditioning that they would have under a 52-week-a-year type of situation. Not everybody is blessed with having a, a home gym, and the gyms are closed. Ohio State has sent guys body weights. You know, they've definitely – or not body weights, but bands, so they can use do stuff with body weight, uh, things along those lines. So you, you don't know what that's going to look like. But, I, you know, I think that – I think Ohio State is in as good of a position as anybody at, that they can be in just a real unknown type of situation. But, I mean, you don't know. I mean, the program, you know, if if, if Ohio State loses, uh, you know, Justin Fields, if Clemson loses Trevor Lawrence, if, you know, what what have you, if Alabama loses, well, you know, Alabama generally has about 38 <laughs> five-stars. But, you know, that was standing – you you lose somebody who's a key position, and you, I mean, it, it it becomes a bit of an equalizer. Right, right. You know, and, and I agree with you. I think that's the what if. There's a lot of what ifs for me. These guys are coming out of their their season. They're not going to be as strong. I don't think they're not going to be as big. I don't think there's going to be a lot of what ifs for sure. But what if this team out of uh, Minnesota they come back? Are they going to be as good? What are we expecting out of this? They had a great stellar season. On the other side was Wisconsin, who I thought could have had a better season. It's almost two programs not really going in the same direction. Do we see that possibly in 2020 with the the Gophers? Are they coming back? Do they reload? And what do you think about the chances of actually Minnesota stepping up and being able to have some type of a competitive season coming up this year? When you look at P.J. Fleck, the head coach of Minnesota, and you look at at Paul Chris, the head coach of Wisconsin, you couldn't have two bigger opposites in terms of, of the excitement factor. Um, P.J. Fleck is seriously, you know, hopped up on Mountain Dew and Pixie Sticks, and, <laughs> and Paul Christ is about as boring as they come along. And I know people just desperately want Minnesota – I mean, uh, you know, partisan people desperately want Minnesota to finally overtake them because it would be a much better press conference. It would, you know, different, you know, different situation, different players to talk about. I just don't think that – I don't know if it's there yet. You look at uh, Minnesota loses Carter Coughlin, one of you know one, probably their best defensive player. They lose Tyler Johnson, the receiver, probably their best offensive player. So, you know, everybody's going to have to plug in holes, but the holes I think that they're going to have to fill in at Minnesota are quite large. And, you know, Minnesota probably is not recruiting like a lot of the teams that you're used to talking about on the reg on your show. So, it's a matter of development and overachievers and not everybody falls into that role. So it's not going to be easy to sit there and go down the, the 85 and find somebody to step into that Carter Coughlin role. When you look at Minnesota or when you look at Wisconsin, uh, it's a situation they lose Jonathan Taylor, who obviously was a great back. But again, I just think that they put somebody in the 3d printer and another 1600 yard back comes out of, out of the 3d printer. So, Somebody will step into the role, um, you know, but Jonathan Taylor was a special player. Uh, Jack Cohn comes back at quarterback, but I was never really sold on Jack Cohn, even though he was was responsible for a pair of touchdowns in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State. They have a young guy named Graham Mertz, who I think is the future, but it's really hard to get away from that senior at that point. Um, 
they lose Quintez Cephas, one of their you know one of their best receivers. They lose uh, Zach Bond on on defense. You know they're going to have a lot of problems too. But I think they have a better system in place in terms of they know how to win these games. They've been doing it year in and year out. It's you know nine wins is not a stretch for them on any given year. And then if it all comes together, they could have eleven or whatnot. It's going to be really interesting. I think the wild card in the Big Ten West, though, is going to be Nebraska. And once Nebraska figures out how to play defense, which I don't know if it's going to happen, you look at Scott Frost's UCF team, and they couldn't play a lick of defense. Um, If they can figure out how to play defense, I think they could be dangerous. I think that that offense is very exciting. I'm expecting a nice bounce-back year from Adrian Martinez, the quarterback. Wandale Robinson, kind of their offensive Swiss Army knife. He's incredible. Uh, you know, I think they're going to have to find a legitimate uh, every, you know, every down type of back in that offense. But if they could sit there and hold teams under 45 points, the, you're not asking them to get to 52 or anything along those those lines. I think it could be a real fun race. But you know, if you if you really held me my feet to the fire, I'm going to say Wisconsin's going to win the West. Hmm. Uh, live right now with Kevin Noon. He checks in with us from BuckeyeGrove.com, part of the Rivals family. Covering all the stuff for us here with the Big Ten on Southern Sports Central over here on the Kent Farm Hotline. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, of course, one more team before I ask you a big loaded question about uh, what may be. But that before, I want to say, how about Penn State? Is, is this James Franklin's year coming back with some guys? Or, again, where's the state of mind for we are Penn State? Uh, where are they and who are they in 2019 or 2020? I think Penn State is, is is a solid number two team in the Big Ten, and that certainly gives them an opportunity to win the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State has to go to State College this season. It'll be a night game. It'll be a whiteout. I mean, whether or not there's 10 fans, 100 fans, or 110,000 fans in the stands, you know, that remains or, – or, you know, zero fans, it remains to be seen at this point. But uh, – you know, they really have some good pieces there. Sean Clifford, their quarterback, he got knocked out of the game against Ohio State last year. But I think another year of experience will definitely do them well. Uh, you know, Penn State, unfortunately, does not for them, does not get Ohio State late in the season, so they don't have a lot of time for development. They got Ohio State uh, for the 11th game of the season last year, right before Michigan. Um, Micah Parsons, their defensive lineman, linebacker, kind of a tweener guy, I mean, he, he's worth the cost of admission to watch him play. He really is a problem. He is going to – when he's on the field, he instantly is one of the top three players on the field regardless of who Penn State lines up against. Um, you know, if they're playing – you know, if they're playing Indiana, he's instantly the number one player on the on the field at that point. Uh, I, I think that they certainly have – the pieces, but just because you have the pieces doesn't mean you can put them together. You could have the jigsaw puzzle, take it out of the box, throw it on the table. It's not together at that point. You could have all hundred pieces, but until you put them together, you don't, you don't have the picture. And I, I still think Penn state is still struggling to put the picture together. Yeah, I would agree with you in there. And we're missing the link, missing part. Maybe it's somewhere in between here and there. Now uh, let's talk a little bit about the social distancing. You kind of touched it a little bit there. Penn state to, Ohio State to Michigan, you guys are known for packing out stadiums and putting them on top of each other. What does it look like, in your opinion, in 2020? How is the social distancing going to affect college football as far as not only in the stands but in the concession stands and the parking lots and so on and so forth? 
Honestly, I can I do not claim to have any answers. Um, you know, I would hate to do something here at the end of April and then then we talk in a month, the end of May, and not everything I say is proven to be wrong. Um, you know, again, if you held my feet to the fire and I had to guess, I'm a, I'm in the camp thinking that the season does start as as planned. But I think we could see I think we could see for the first month. I think we could see empty uh, stands. I really do, or we could see one one third capacity or something along those lines of where you're really limiting how fans are, are consuming this event live um, when it comes to concessions. I mean, obviously there are going to be concerns there. I mean, we're all hopefully supporting our local businesses and, and taking good care of them during these times. But, you know, I, I've been to enough stadiums in my life to know that we're not talking about uh, the four seasons in terms of them wiping everything down at any point. So I think that concessions could certainly be uh impacted as well too um but you know i think that it's going to be a case of that they would go off on time i think we would see the traditional 12 game schedule not a not this talk of them maybe only playing a conference schedule which of course creates other issues with the big 10 playing nine other conferences playing eight um you know where do you come on that situation um but you know i think that everybody also has to be prepared for the situation of where they could go a couple weeks in and then they could just see that the numbers are coming back bad and they could end up put, you know, pushing the pause button. I certainly don't, you know, nobody wants that to be the case, but, you know, I think if we're just being fair with ourselves, we have to, we have to open ourselves up to all of the potential outcomes, but I, you know, I sure as heck am hopeful that they can just get the season in as is uh, with, you know, as few impediments in the way in terms of, reduce spectators and things like that because college football is the greatest event on the face of the earth in my opinion and i just couldn't imagine doing it in a uh in a lessened state but you know some football is better than no football amen to that man let me ask you that before i give you to give me a grade for the 2019 on the uh, the big 10 and you and i usually do that we haven't had a chance to do that yet uh yeah football is football xfl actually did pretty good, man. I actually didn't – it didn't bomb like it did the first time. And I think some of the rules that you saw them implicate, like the kickoff rule, I think you could start to see some of that in the NFL. What was your thoughts kind of – and I haven't asked anybody. You're the first that's giving me this opinion. But uh, your thoughts on the XFL, were you pleased just to see some football or did you think that they actually brought a pretty good product to the table? I was very hopeful. I was very excited about it. I thought that it had its moments. Um I drew the ire of some fans when I really ripped on some of the coaching decisions. I felt that some of the uh, some of the brand of football was boring, but it wasn't necessarily because the athletes weren't capable. I just felt that I felt that they went for some wow factor with coaching names, which is all well and good. But I'm not I'm not I'm not turning on a game to watch Pep Hamilton. I'm turning on a game to watch the football itself. Um, I truly believe if we would not have had a world interruption the way we do we did that the XFL would be back for a second year. Um obviously, you know, one of my other passions used to be watching wrestling, but the product is so terrible right now I've mm. taken a break on it. But you know, Vince McMahon has been having a bad couple of months here. Um you know, I understand why he pulled the plug on it, but there certainly is a lot of stuff that I think could find its way into into mainstream football down the line. Um, you know, I really want them to find an outlet to have another, another football league, but, um, 
you know, at this point, I'm just hoping for any sort of football. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm, I, I'm with you, man. And it's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I think everybody's going to come out of this COVID-19 being the best ever. I mean, ever sports trivia people, because you have been thrown down. You've seen more craft sports than you've ever imagined. And, you know, watching the, the, the Jordan, which I want to talk about that before I get you out of here, if you've seen any of that, so I kind of think a little bit, but uh, the great for 2019, the big 10, I've always, and Kevin, I'm, I'm always thinking that this is their year. You know, they're always like that team. They're like, okay, this is the year they're going to do something. You know, I did that for North Carolina for a long time and uh, some other teams. But for me, the Big Ten's always like, man, they're really good. But then something happens. And I don't know what it is. And they kind of fall apart. And I don't know if they fall in second or third, but they're definitely in the top three. Where did they finish for you as far as your overall concern as far as in the 2019 season? You know, that's such a tough question to to answer because you have, you know, the criteria could move around so much. I mean, is it a overall success? Are you looking at the Big Ten from 1 to 14 versus 1 to 14 or 1 to 12 or 1 to 10 in another league? I think that the Big Ten really has done a good job. Of, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, especially before Urban Meyer got to Ohio State, I think the Big Ten as a whole – even with the success that Jim Trussell was having in the conference, I mean, I think that the Big Ten could have been fourth out of the major conferences at a lot of points because I didn't think that the other teams, many of the other teams were necessarily there. There were some empty suits. Um, I think that when you look at where recruiting is right now, I think you see a definite split between the upper the upper few in the Big Ten and the rest of the conference. Um, you know, I – I think that the Big Ten, if I had to give them kind of a letter grade for last season, maybe a low B. Um, you know, I think that I think that the Ohio State team we saw in the field may have been the best one that you know certainly that I've ever seen. I wasn't alive to see the Super Sophomores of 1968 or anything like that, um, but it was just such a great team that just kind of ran into a bit of a, a buzzsaw in, in an unlucky situation in some ways. Um, had a couple calls go the wrong way against them. Uh, you know, but you sit there and you look at Michigan State who didn't necessarily come together. You look at, I mean, you look at a really awkward Big Ten West that just didn't really move the needle. Uh, you know, I think that the I think that the middle of the conference kind of keeps the team grade down just because I don't think that the middle was there. And I think that the Big Ten really needs to do some soul searching in terms of maybe some of its coaches and you know light a fire under a couple of them because. You know, there was a point a couple of years ago where I think that the Big Ten had as good of coaches as any conference in America, but I think that it's flipping a little bit right now. I would agree with you, man, and I tell you what, uh, I can't agree with you more than that because I, I, I think you hit a nail on uh, you hit the nail on the head there because I see so much complacency from about not would say midway, but definitely close to midway all the way down, and you see it actually in the ACC as well, very similar. Uh, with, with their programs there. Once you get past so many different schools there, you see very much just they're used to being where they are. You don't see them trying to, you know, get into different areas. And, and, and even in the Big 12, we see the Jayhawks going and getting less miles. At least they're putting in the effort. So it, it'll be a lot of fun, man. I do want to give you a chance to give yourself a plug and how do they find you. I know there's not a lot happening, but if it's going to happen, you're going to be the man to cover it. So uh, give yourself an opportunity and give them an opportunity to find you. Yeah, we're over at uh, ohiostate.rivals.com or buckeyegrove.com. If you get on board before the end of the month and you use code OSU2020, we will give you a free trial until kickoff, or at least kickoff on the 5th of September when it's supposed to occur. If this thing slides uh, 
no dice. Um, we're running a series right now where we're kind of simulating the games of the regular schedule. Um, we've made it through the non-conference schedule at this point, which includes two uh, two buy-in games at home and a trip to Oregon to play the Ducks. And uh, to follow me on uh, Twitter, you can get me at Kevin underscore Nan. You got it, buddy. Hey, man, tell the uh, the other half thanks for letting you hang out with us. And uh, you and I will catch you up shortly because I want to try to get you on a regular and just get it kind of penciled in. That way it's not a last-minute situation. But thanks for helping us out tonight, buddy. Absolutely. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Noon joining us here live on the, of course, 10th Farm Hotlines all the way from the great state of Ohio, the Buckeyes, very own. He covers not just the Buckeyes, he covers everybody in the Big Ten Force here, but he does it with the Rivals family and the Buckeye Grove Doc. Like he said, they're offering it to you for free right now until kickoff. They're simulating some games. There's a lot happening. We're trying to keep your mind busy. We're trying to keep you in check here. So uh, take advantage. If somebody's giving you the chance to experience something, take that opportunity and run with it. we got to go to break. We're going to take a quick commercial because when we come back, we're going back to California. Back to Cali, we go into San Diego we land, and uh, it will be with the one and only Coach Hines. So we're going to update, educate, and uh, get ready to rock and roll right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. Stay tuned. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. All right, welcome back, everybody, here. Small little break there, but we're going to bring this one in all the way from Gurns Pharmacy as the sponsor of this segment. Gurns Pharmacy is located at 140 South Main Street in Somerville, South Carolina. The number to reach out is 843-873-2531. You can find them on the World Wide Web at GurnsPharmacy.com. They are the oldest pharmacy in the great state of South Carolina, one of the oldest ones definitely around, period. You want to go ahead now to the Kent Farm Hotlines, where we're joined by the one and only Coach Hines from San Diego, California. Coach, what's up? Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? We're good. It's just you and I, man. I gave my other guy the night off. He's got some things. Oh, said, hey, look. It's just you and me. That. We're going to wrap this show well, up together. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you having me on. How are you doing? Great, man. You know what? I'm healthy. I'm, I'm safe. I'm running four miles a day, which is six days a week because I take off on Sundays. But I did run a five-mile bridge in Charleston, and it's like running 30 miles anywhere else, I feel. But, uh, you know, for what it's worth, right? I mean, I'm trying to stay healthy, stay happy, and it starts with your mind and your body and everything else follows, right, Coach? Amen. amen. And I'll, I'll tell you, too, especially now with this quarantine thing, I'm finding I, uh, you know, you, you manage your time if you, if you get things done. You know, I teach elementary school full-time, so I'm doing the mobile learning and doing all that stuff. But mm. every, every time at lunch, I'm going out for a good five or six miles myself, 
Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not running them. I'm not, I'm not running them. But uh, we we got some good trails out here in California. So so I'm getting the workout in the elevation, the sun, the heat. But uh, life is good. So so the family's good. The, the other half is good. Everybody's happy and healthy, I take it. Right, Coach? Yeah, we're blessed. Yeah, everyone, you know, it just I was talking to a, a former coach of mine from New Hampshire uh, during my walk today. And just talking about, you know, in, in all this, we have our health, we have our jobs. And we can, we can put food on the table, so I have no complaints at all. We're good. You know, I don't know if you got a chance to see our lineup earlier, and you're about, you know, three hours behind us, if you will, give or take. And so we appreciate you making time around 535 to hang out with us. Now, we started uh, the show in Orlando. We then went to uh, Charlotte. Then we headed your way. We were actually in Los Angeles, California, with uh, a, a big-time defensive back, excuse me, athlete. He's an overall athlete. He's 5'11", 180 pounds. Jalen Smith from uh, Bishop Alamany High School, which is over there in uh, Mission Hills, California. Are you familiar with that, that area, Coach? Uh, I, I am. It, it's uh, several hours north of us. But uh, great, great program uh, he's part of. And, uh, yeah, big, big football up there. Yeah, it was really neat because he's actually part of uh, Series 1 with Coach Snoop, which is Snoop Dogg's, uh, you know, his new project. And I, I got it saluted to this guy who's going around and picking kids up out of their houses in seven different areas uh, of Los Angeles and putting them on planes and putting them on fields and kind of doing what you and I do, right? I mean, we're here using platforms to men, men, mentor, excuse me, and uh, manage these kids, kind of putting them where they can be the most successful. But uh, I'm about halfway through series one. Uh, have you had a chance to catch up with that series with Coach Snoop on the Netflix I, series? I have, and I, I actually, to be honest with you, you, know, you, you can find people on either side of the spectrum. People love it. People hate it. I'm a, I'm a big fan because, as you mentioned, he's going out of his way when he certainly doesn't need to, and he's taking people, some from, from great families and great situations, and many of them, literally taking them when they would be otherwise on the streets and doing right. some phenomenal things to them and giving them exposure that they would possibly never have. So I, I'm a big fan. It's been amazing. We're working, man, because we actually, uh, his father, James, was there in the background, and, and I kind of had that COVID moment. And that's what we're going to be calling a lot of these moments or the COVID moment where I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to get in touch with your dad. I'll bring him back on in another show. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. Ain't no better time than right now because we're not guaranteed tomorrow <laughs> if we've learned anything else about COVID. So I said, Mr. James? He said, yes, sir. I said, you're up. <laughs> so he came on That's... and uh, come to find out he, he's known Snoop for 20 years. So how cool would it be to somehow possibly get Snoop on the show for like 14 minutes to kind of tell his story of why he created such a thing and for our, the kids on the East Coast to hear such an amazing storyline because I grew up listening to Snoop and trying to – you know, yes. I guess uh, sing along with them, right, if you will. <laughs> and not, not as well, of course, but absolutely. Not as well same, at all. <laughs> same thing. You know, and, you, and you bring up a great point that, that has really hit home with me. I, I tried a few years ago. You know, I've coached high school football for 22 years now, and I, I'm as guilty as the next coach where I think all too often, and I try to catch myself now, but we say to seniors, hey, cherish this because this is your last year. You know, except for the handful of guys that get to go on to the next level. And then, you know, obviously over the years, someone busts their knee up or they treat concussions or whatever the injury is. And then you realize, you know what, it's not just the seniors we need to preach 
about cherishing every opportunity you have. And who would have thought? I don't think any of us could have imagined two months ago that we would have the situation we're in now where entire spring seasons are taken away from players and we're not sure if we're going to have what, what our season will look like moving forward. So you bring up a great point. You know, we, we've got to cherish the moment in all aspects of our lives because nothing is promised to us. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're live right now with the one and only coach, Kurt Hines. He joins us all the way from San Diego, California, where I hope you guys are keeping it classy. Or saying classy is the, uh, the famous uh, uh, guy that we all know, of course, in the days uh, of watching uh, the Anchorman. But, of course, he is a coach, and uh, he coaches over there at Coronado Islanders, the high school uh, in San Diego, California. He's also a Christian, a husband, a father, a grandfather. You would have never known that, uh, as well as he does a lot of public speaking. He has his own uh, podcast that he puts together, and uh, I love every bit of it. I'm still trying to convince him to come on here and do a live show. Him and whoever can do it on their own uh, once a week. We'll hopefully uh, put him on the spot here one day, and he'll do it. But uh, nevertheless, Coach, you do a great job. You motivate so many. And uh, let's let's dive into first of all uh, the COVID thing. And I think this is something that we need to understand that. You know, I said this to a lot of people. I, I don't care where you come from or, or what you're dealing with. You know, everybody talks about I'm from Ireland. You know, originally my ancestors are, are from Ireland. Half of them are from here. They're Indians. So, you know, we've got some mixed things going on here. But everybody's from somewhere, right? But for the first time in my 42 years of living on this earth, we're all dealing with the same thing. I don't care what boat you came on. I don't care what plane you rode over in. We're all in the same position doing the same thing in the world, not just here in the United States or in South Carolina or California. Uh, you know, what is the state of mind in, in San Diego? You guys are kind of the trendsetters. Have y'all opened up the doors yet, or uh, what has been the last two months uh, on the West Coast? Yeah, you're, you're, you said it beautifully. You know, it doesn't matter race, religion, age, social, economical, you know, status. It's, it's affecting all of us. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're still in full lockdown mode, if you will, you know, quarantine. Uh, and and I, I don't want to, and I won't get political because I'm not. But, uh, you know, the, the decision was made, I think, just two or three days ago to open up several beaches for and hiking trails for activity only, surfing, swimming, but you couldn't put a towel down or, or sit, sit in the chair. And, and I'm not a fan of that simply because I think if you only open up a handful of them, everyone's going to crowd to those areas. If you open them all up and say, hey, keep the social distancing and keep that, you know, that space, it'll be better. Uh, you know, we, we, my school where I teach elementary school, you know, as you mentioned, I've always coached high school football, but where I teach, we, we actually have been doing a, a month now of what we call mobile learning where I'm, you know, doing a Google hangout in the classroom with my fourth graders and, uh, haven't skipped a beat with that. So, you know, that, that's going really well, but man, more than ever before, more than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. I, I've always been a people person and I'm an extrovert. But, man, the human touch, hug, smile, handshake, just that human interaction, it's a powerful thing and it's needed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be you know, married to my best friend and we have four beautiful children, as you mentioned, two grandchildren. Uh, so we're blessed to see them. And, but, man, it's just, I, I can't wait till things – I won't say till they get back to how they were because I think certain things need to change. I, I had seen on one of the social media platforms, and this is not my own, but I don't remember where I read it. But I read something that said, you know, the people are praying. I can't wait till things get back to how they were. And God's shaking his head saying, hey, how things were wasn't working. You know, so I'm a firm believer this, this is happening for a reason. 
And we're all going to come out of this. This is going to end at some point. But the question is, how are we going to come out of it, bitter or better? You know, are we going to come out changed in a way that's going to make the world a better place or just you know, time will tell, you know? Yeah, I would agree with you, Coach. And are you going to get better? Are you going to get better? I mean, we tell our athletes that every day. You might get angry that you lost the game, but you're going to stay bitter or are you going to work out to get better? And I love that because if we go back to what we were, then we're going to be back to where we are. And if that makes any sense, that's also called insanity, right? Doing the same thing, expecting uh, a different result. So, yeah, I I think it was needed that we needed a little bit reality check. It's like wash your hands, but we took it for granted. A lot of people, man, uh, I I remember being in a gas station. I know I was in a convenient – I want to say a Publix here in Somerville, and I'm I'm walking out of the bathroom, and and all of a sudden this other gentleman, he walked out the bathroom, and this kid called him out. I mean – He's nine years nice. old, maybe eight years old. He was like, hey, sir, uh, you didn't wash your hands. <laughs> so I, was, I tried not to bust out laughing. Like I was like, the guy was so embarrassed, he, he, he kept walking out. But I was like, I, you, know, <laughs> you can't fist bump him, right? But, uh, you know, right. it was just one of those things. And, and that was early when this whole thing kind of started. You know, now, of course, nobody's going to bathrooms and things like that. But, you know, you know it, it's an interesting deal because, you know, we, we talk a lot of football here, and, and the one thing I've done is, is I've prayed about it, and, and God was like, look, man, you've got a platform that I gave you. It's my platform. I just let you kind of hold on to it. So unlike, you know, some, I, I try to do whatever I can to, to use this for every opportunity I can to promote a, an athlete, no matter what the case may be. And I can share what sport it is. You know, we try to give them their airtime. And so, you know, you and I had talked about coming back and doing some things, and then all of a sudden – I got this vision about Spotlight 2020 where we can bring in senior athletes who had to forego their senior season. And I've had kids from California, Texas, Georgia. Uh, this past Sunday I had uh, the top 20 female fastest track star in, in Georgia, right? And she goes to Howard High School. She came on. So it's been fun to talk to these young ladies and the guys because we always talk to the guys because we kind of yeah. relate a lot of sports to gentlemen. So I've been very blessed to get – Two girls yesterday from the soccer field. Another young lady that runs track joined me. I'm going to get two more from that are freshmen in college. One's at the college, one's at the University of South Carolina. The other one's at Coastal. And how has it affected the you know the athletes that are freshmen? Because it's already weird coming in as your freshman year, coach. Now you're going to throw this in there. It, it, it throws a lot of wrenches. But for me to be able to tell you guys, and y'all have been amazing, saying, "Hey, that's cool. Whenever you need me, let me know." But we've brought in these young athletes and. You know, we've surprised them with dads calling in from uh, different areas. We've uh, we've had coaches that I've had kind of pop up on the phone lines and say, hey, let me let you hear your coach's voice because they might not have heard that. And then I had a trainer come in last night and recap the five that I had on. And to me, that that's a lot greater interview. That's a lot greater uh, opportunity. And it makes the show really, honestly, I, I think the best it's been. And it's just because we give the opportunity for these young athletes, you know. Absolutely. Well, and I think you bring up a great point there. It's it's opportunity. You're, you're looking at this as an opportunity, and there's no doubt it's different. It's a change, and it's not welcomed, but it is here. And now that it's here, are we, are we going to focus on the obstacle or the opportunity? You know, I, I made sure we had we've had several Zoom meetings with my coaching staff and I, and I, we set something up where I assigned every coach and a certain number of players I want them to contact and reach out to. And I really stressed, I said, hey, the first time you reach out to them, don't ask them. Don't mention football. Don't ask them, are they working out? 
talk to them as human beings. Talk to them just as people. How are you doing? And eventually get to school. Can we help you with that? And, how, and family. But I really want our first conversations with them to be really what we preach, that we care more about them as people than we do players. Um, and it's, it's, so it's an opportunity for my entire staff and I, and I think for all of us, to really say, hey, what do we preach? And are, really, are we really living it? What, what are we really focusing on? Not with any agenda, but how are we reaching out to people and where are our, our intentions? Where, where's our heart? We're live right now with a guy that's close to our heart here on Southern Sports Central. Of course, he's a football coach. He's a husband, a father, a grandfather, and a huge mentor in many ways. But he's a contributor anytime. We need him here on Southern Sports Central, of course, as the coach, Kurt Hines, joins us all the way from San Diego, California. And coach, the one thing that I've noticed that you've done as well is you continue to do your videos, and that's huge because we do need some consistency, right? I understand we don't need the, the old days. We need the new days, but a little touch of the old stuff wouldn't be okay to kind of go along with it, right? I mean, some leftovers, not always a bad thing, and you've done a great job maintaining your videos, and I saw that you kind of shared some stuff from Georgia Tech's strength and conditioning coach, and Right now, you know, the weight rooms are closed, and trust and believe me, that's one place you don't want to go work out uh, unless you and someone else are the only ones in there because uh, I would imagine that the pathogens that are floating around in there from the sweat and the tears uh, would be quite the, uh, the antidote for this thing to blow up in a bad way. But back to Georgia Tech, you kind of followed behind the, uh, the strength and conditioning program over there where he was, you know, with a book bag and he was doing things, but using his body weight. You said that earlier. Um, how important is it and how much have you had, not just with your programs, but I know a lot of coaches here in South Carolina that reach out to you individually about doing some motivational things, but also doing some physical things, Coach. I think it's so important. You know, the reason, the thing I loved about his video was, you know, it's so easy for all of us, and I'm talking from student athletes to coaches to parents, any walk of life, it's so easy for us and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a habit way too many of us, myself included, have where we, we come up against an obstacle and we look for excuses. And it's so easy for a lot of our student athletes to say, hey, the gyms are closed. I can't go to my local gym. I can't go to my personal trainer. I can't. And the fact is, if we want something, if we want it bad enough, we're going to find a way. And his video was perfect. You know, he had a backpack. Every student athlete has a backpack. And I don't care if you take rocks or cans of soup or whatever it is filled with sand. There, there are ways we can do it. And I, there, was a, there was a day about two weeks ago where I was, from the moment I got up with little, you know, Google Hangout staff meeting to being out with my students, and I was doing stuff. I, I was on my bottom all day just sitting down, and I found myself, and life was great, but I found myself getting upset, just bothered. And I realized, you know, we all hear the term hangry. I wasn't, it wasn't that I was hangry, but I hadn't eaten. But I hadn't moved. I hadn't done anything. I was like, I need to go out and work out. And I ended up putting some good music on, some old school, you know, ACDC and the hard rock and had a great workout. And, man, I, I felt so different. And I think that goes back to, and I, I love with your, your platform, sharing your passion for sports and sharing your passion with your faith. It goes back to, hey, our bodies are temples. God has given us this gift. And we don't know how long it is. We don't know how long we're going to be here. But, man, use it. Use it. Use our voice. Use our muscles. Use our mind. Everything to glorify him. And it's so important for all of us to use time, I think, now more than ever. 
no doubt about it. We're live right now with the coach who motivates us all to get off the couch, get in the street, and get back and check here. We're coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina. He's coming to you live from San Diego, California, and by the good Lord and the Internet and, of course, the cell phones, we make it happen all in one here on Southern Sports Central with the one and only Coach Hines who uh, continues to just motivate us via social media. And, you know, I've watched your success, Coach, and I see you on so many different interviews. I see you doing so many great things. And, you know, you're still at the end of the day. You're, you're, you're an average Joe like the rest of us, man. You answer your phone all the time. We say this on uh, the air because I want people to understand that your wife puts up with it and loves every bit of it. Maybe not all the time, but, you know, I've seen videos where you'd be walking. And I said, you take a wide left, and she's like, well, I'm going to just keep walking. You'll catch up to me when you're done. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about that and how awesome she's been. I know she's a big-time fan of you, and we love her to death here on the show. Well, I, I'll, I'll share that with her because I initially appreciate that. I, I really, you know, I don't like the word luck. There's a quote, it's not my own, but I had read years ago that says, shallow men believe in luck, strong men believe in cause and effect. But as much as I don't like the word luck, I, I, I love the word blessings. And God definitely blessed me when when I met my wife. She, uh, she She's my best friend. She, um... She, she, I don't even want to say she supports me with my coaching because it's something that she's, she's passionate about. We, we pray together after wins. We pray together after losses. We pray for my players that are struggling with whether it's injuries or personal struggles. Um, so, so when I do take a phone call, whether it's an opportunity to talk to someone uh, through Twitter that's just reached out or for an interview or whatever it is, uh, I, I think she, she gets a kick out of it also because, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. I am just an average guy. And, uh, yeah, I'll share something very briefly that uh, really was a, was a paradigm shift for me because um, when, when I first started getting approached to do speaking events and to coach at or, or speak at coaching clinics or I had an opportunity to speak in the Bahamas, you know, just a few months ago for ADT Securities, I started, you know, questioning myself because I, I didn't play in the NFL. I haven't had this life-altering challenge that I've overcome. Yeah, you know, I've had obstacles, don't get me wrong. But um, Wayne Dyer, uh, a speaker from years ago, talked about ego, E-G-O. And for me, and this is all his, but for me, I always thought ego was that cocky, arrogant person that just thought they were better than others. And he talks about in one of his books, Ego is every time we ego edge God out, and I thought, man, that's that's something that's really stuck with me because you know if, if God has called me to to be a light to someone, I don't need that special story. If, if if something I share touches someone's heart or resonates with them or gets them off the couch or it helps them to to be a better coach or parent or husband, wife, whatever it is, then I got to stop questioning God and just go and just do and be. Um, so it, it's, it's a blessing. It, it's something that I don't take lightly. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear people say, oh, whatever, football. You, you can inject any sports you want, football, basketball, baseball, lacrosse, whatever is just a game. Man, you know, football is a game, but I'll never say it's just a game because for me it's, it's blessed me too much and it's allowed me to bless others too much. We'll consider it just a game. But, uh yeah, having having a spouse and children, and my grandsons come to the games. Um, you know, it's a it's a family thing for us, and that's one of the things why you know every opportunity I've had, you know, on the East Coast and now here in California to be a head coach. We'll never have meetings on Sundays because, as you mentioned, you're you're, you're out working out and pushing your body every day. 
but Sunday's a day of rest. Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to go work out on Sunday, but I'm going to do excuse me, I'm going to do it with my wife or my grandkids or whatever. But when it comes to football, we don't have coaches' meetings on Sundays because whether I have a coach in the staff that's a parent or a grandparent or single, I want them to understand and to, to really have balance in their lives. We're live right now with the one and only Coach Hines, Coach Kurt Hines, all the way from San Diego, California. Of course, he is the head coach over there at Coronado High School, the Islanders. Of course, uh, he has his own podcast, and he's one of the ones that I enjoy the most. And uh, you want to check him out. We're going to give him a second here in just a moment to give it a plug, but it's called What It's Worth Coaching Podcast. Him and I believe it's a baseball coach uh, get in, and they break it all down, and it's been uh, quite an interesting show by show. And uh, again, one more opportunity to say, I just hope one day I can get him and his partner in here and they can do a live show for an hour, two, three hours. I could care less. I just love the opportunity to, to be a part of what they do over there. Of course, he's a keynote speaker. Did you say, by the way, you went to the Bahamas? I mean, out, did, did yeah. they have to twist your arm to go down there to do this? How did that work out? So, so that's a funny story. I actually got approached with a private message I received on Twitter. And the gentleman, who I, I, he wasn't on my radar, didn't know about him, reached out to me and said, my company and I want to fly you off to the Bahamas to speak for our, for our event. And I thought it was one of those emails you get from someone from a third world country that said, hey, we want to put money into your account, just, just give us your bank statement. So I, th- I thought it was spam. So I uh, responded right away and I said, you know, I really appreciate your interest. Please email me at, you know, such and such an email. Didn't think I'd ever hear back from him. And within 24 hours, one of his colleagues reached out to me. We were on a conference call the next day. And uh, a funny story about that with ADT Securities, that that was never – I was very aware of them, but it was never on my radar. And I started to – I talked about ego, edging got out. started to question myself. I'm like, well, why would they have me speak? But then I reminded myself, I I spoke years ago at – for Fidelity Investments on the East coast and the same thing, they want to hear from someone in a, in a leadership position. And I am in by no stretch of the imagination, an expert or a guru, but I'm someone who's living in, in, in a role that I'm passionate about. I've had certain success because I've had a lot of failures and uh, it's just, I had the opportunity to go out there and uh, my wife was actually able to go with me as well and go out there and meet some amazing people and just share my passion for leadership and, and what I thought helps people to be successful and what success looks like. Because um, I think that's different for all of us. You know, we all have different definitions of success and, and goals that we want to achieve. So it, it was a tremendous opportunity to share my passion with a lot of people who are former, were former athletes and some who weren't but are also in their own rights leaders in their business. Well, Coach, I can tell you one thing. You're a leader here. We appreciate you here at Southern Sports Central, man. Uh, we're up against it, man. That was perfect time on your part. I want to say uh, stay safe. God bless you and your family, all of your family. I'm not just talking about there in the house, but, of course, those abroad and then your school, your community, and anything else. But uh, I am going to catch up with you here uh, tomorrow at some point because I do want to cover some things. But uh, thanks for always taking time out to catch up with me, buddy. Thank you. Let's definitely chat tomorrow. Uh, it's a blessing. And uh, I won't commit my partner to it, although I think he'll say yes. But uh, I will speak to Coach Ty, <laughs> and uh, I, I think we can make that happen. 
It'd be a blessing. It would be awesome, man. I know the people over here would love to hear you, and I know, of course, we'd love to have you. But uh, take care, and thanks again for all that you do on and off the Internet, and, of course, in your community, my friend. Fantastic. God bless you. I appreciate you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only coach, Kurt Hines, joins us all the way from San Diego, California. So that'll do it for tonight. On behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Center, I just want to say thank you so much to Clemson Tom, Reginald Walker, Jalen Smith. We didn't get SoCon John. We'll get him next time. He was a birthday yesterday, so he's probably still celebrating. Days later, but no worries. Kevin New joined us all the way from Ohio. And then Coach Kurt Hines joined us from San Diego, California. It was quite the show, quite the entertainment, never a dull moment. And we're going to be back live tomorrow night at 6 o'clock for three more solid hours yet. We're spoiling you. We may keep this thing up. I enjoy it every bit of the way, and it's been quite an honor to get in here with so many great young women and men who are graduating. We'll get that back up and running tomorrow, but I do want to say for Reginald Walker, all that he's done for us as well, we appreciate him. But Jalen Smith was the highlight tonight. He is uh, going somewhere big here in 2021. He is that huge individual all the way from Los Angeles, California. Him and his father, James, joined us tonight. And I can't say enough how much it means when I can get the young people on the radio and talk about their dreams, their mission, their vision, and everything that they, of course, are working hard for. And education was the one thing that he spoke about the most. So always, always, always enjoy those days. So we will be back tomorrow night on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central. I am Richie Altman, and this has been Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Guys, God bless. We'll see you back here live tomorrow night. Have a great night. Oh